This week on the Steam Machine Podcast. Moshi Mosh Kiryu chan, Ongaku Okiyu ni Iryu. I got that right. I actually got it right there. I'm pretty sure I got that right. <laughs> welcome, congrats! Welcome back to the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, are my good buddies, the Destructo Bros. This is your youngest Destructo Bro, Nate. This is the elder Destructo Bro, Willie. You phrased that in a really weird way that I had to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> the Elder God, Ice Brand, scary. Scary. Gentlemen. And then we have the Secro Destructo brother, <laughs> who will never show up on an episode of the podcast. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen, this week? Oh, you know. Uh, I died, actually. Oh, I, I died two weeks ago. Shit. I, I'm dead. I, I, I hate to tell you guys this. I fucking died. Oh, yeah. We, we, God, we have yeah. a seance going right now. Yep. Yeah. I hate to find out this way. <laughs> I know, dude. You were just like chatting, and you're, you didn't even know you were talking to a Ouija board. It's fucked up. Damn. <laughs> I did feel the temperature drop. I need to go get the thermometer. Yeah, yeah. no. If it's under, if it's under five degrees, we're cool. Mentioned this was actually was just haunted. And we had him speaking into a spirit box this whole time, so the whole episode was like, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> All the static the whole time. You just, you just hear Majima. <laughs> 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 just a little tiny, tiny voice from the afterlife radios back. Chan, <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool. It's Chan. Shit, I fucked it up. It's I all fucked good. Up the very funny joke. It still got the point across. <laughs> so, so, what you been playing this week, man? Anything interesting? Any new Doom wads? Anything other than other than our game of the week, which we'll touch on? Um, shit. What have I been up to this week? Ah, not much. <laughs> Let's just say not much and keep it rolling. Word. What about you, Nate? Yeah, it's been a very Sega-heavy couple weeks for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, this game, Yakuza Kiwami, that we're talking about this week, is a Sega game. But also decided to load up, because um, I was getting close to the end of it, and I was like, I still want to play as Kiryu. So, I put up Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania on, on my um, Steam again. And because you can play as Kiryu in that for some reason, and it's adorable and funny, mm-hmm. so ended up playing a lot more of that, and then um, got bored at work yesterday and decided to play through all of Streets of Rage two. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that was good. But then finally, a little game came out at midnight last night that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. Sonic Frontiers finally released. Yeah. This is the open world Sonic the Hedgehog game, correct? Yeah, it's fairly open world, and boy, it's a it, doozy. So, in terms of open openness to it, is it, like, as open world as, like, Kirby, the, the latest Kirby game, or is it, like, more open world in the sense of, like, Breath of the Wild? It's definitely not as open as, like, a Breath of the Wild or Skyrim. Like, you're kind of relegated to... So, like... It's relegated to different islands, and I just completed the first island today. Okay. Um, 
but the islands are fairly large. Like I, I haven't played the new Kirby game, so I can't compare it to that. I'm trying to think of a good comparison point. Like it's definitely a lot bigger than Camarocho, but it's a lot okay. smaller than Hyrule. You know what I mean? Okay. So and but the one thing I'll say about the game is like it feels good to go fast again. Like Sonic moves fast and it feels good. Like the controls are finally good in the Sonic 3D game and uh, it's wonderful. And just like, I think the way they've been delivering the story so far has been really interesting too. You get little pieces of it here and there. Um, the graphics are fine. Like it's nothing to write home about, but it looks good enough for what it is. It's a Sonic game. If it looks super <laughs> realistic, I'd be worried about it. <laughs> Yeah, we all saw what realistic Sonic looks like. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Although, yeah. that would be a cool DLC just to have. <laughs> Make him look like that. <laughs> but the thing about the marketing is, is like, the only other character I think you saw in the trailer was Amy. And I've been getting doses of other characters I wasn't expecting. Well, I guess this one is a spoiler because it was actually a trailer for Sonic Frontiers 2. Is Knuckles. I've met Knuckles and Amy so far in it. So, it's been like... I wasn't like in the old, uh, first few trailers that you saw nothing of any other character. So I was like, this seems like it's just going to be a Sonic solo adventure. Like Sonic's been the only playable character so far, but it's been really cool seeing, you know, your old favorites back in the game. And I just think the gameplay is really good. It's fast. It has a few puzzles. Like it wants to do a lot of things similar to Breath of the Wild, but still like, you know, how you have all those little shrines in Breath of the Wild where you'd go in and do some puzzles. Yeah. This game, it has more like, shrines in the sense of you go in and play a sonic stage like you'll play like a quick snippet of green hill zone as opposed to playing through a to puzzle dungeon like in breath of the wild well, that's but, like, cool. the that sound- sounds really fun yeah and the sound design's really good too like you, you can tell that they took a lot of ideas from breath of the wild in it like a lot of sounds of like oh yeah this is what it sounds like when you find a korok in breath of the wild hey, you found it. <laughs> But yeah. I, like the, I like the music in it a lot. Um, it's very much, um, what's the word, atmospheric rather than just like like straight up tunes. Yeah. But then when you get into like those like dungeon-y like levels, like what I was talking about, like the, it's called um, cyberspace, I think is what it's called in the game. Like those have like, that's where the tunes are. But otherwise it's just like the ambient background music. And I think it's really well done and well placed. Nice. Like, I can't say enough good things about this game. Like, I waited until midnight when it dropped to download it immediately so I could start playing it. And then when I finally did, I was like, this isn't going to be that good, is it? But the more I've played it, the more I've been enjoying it. Like I said, I've only beaten the first island so far. I'm on the second island. And I'm about six hours in, so not bad. I feel like I'm going to get my money's worth on a release day game, $60 game. Well, that's good, dude. Like I, I, from the screenshots that you've shown me, and then like things that I've seen here and there on YouTube, it looks like a Sonic game that I might actually like play and enjoy. I don't mean that in wow. a bad way. Like <clears throat> I just typically like when I get to the water levels and stuff on the older Sonic games, I tend to tap out. Yeah, for sure. But, and did you ever play a 3D Sonic game? Like, did you ever play like Sonic um, Adventure or Sonic or Colors? Forces? No, I've only ever played like the old 2D games. Yeah, so Sonic definitely is inspired by his like 3D movements, but he has some new moves too that are really cool. He has one called like the um uh, crap Psy Loop, I think is what it's called. Like it's like a cyclone loop. But what you do is you can run around in a circle and basically put the um, enemies into a cyclone that spins them around and pushes them up. And it's just 
the combat feels way better than I would have expected a Sonic game to. Like, it's actually ridiculous at how good it is. Huh. Well, good, man. Maybe this will put some good faith back into the Sonic franchise, like, because it seems like usually when they announce a new Sonic game, uh, what I see online, everyone is very... They're either glass half empty or half full. There's no one with a full glass other than maybe like you. I, I know usually you're pumped no matter what. And I respect <laughs> the fuck out of that, by the way, because I'm the same way with like Star Ocean games and stuff. I'm like, people are going to be like, oh, well, the last Star Ocean wasn't that good. It's like, well, yeah, but whatever. It's it's still Star Ocean. Fuck it. I like it. Yeah. Now, this, this, this sounds really dope. Like you actually have got me wanting to play this game, which is pretty cool. Like I still think maybe the next 3D game i'm going to play is probably going to be kirby but after that i would love to play sonic frontiers yeah and i don't know where it's going to land on the scheme of things for people who aren't the biggest sonic fans of the world because like obviously i love sonic so i'm kind of predisposed to like it but outside of that i still think it's a good game if this had another franchise attached to it i don't think people would be complaining about it I yeah, think that's the thing is, I don't think that it sounds like you're just bringing this game up as like a good game because you're a Sonic apologist. It sounds like you're actually just enjoying playing the video game. Like, it sounds like an actual good game. Yeah, like once we're done recording this episode, I'm probably going to go play for another hour before I have to go to bed. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should fucking rush this one in. Then. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, it's a great time. Like, I'd definitely recommend it. Um if you're a Sonic fan, absolutely buy it immediately because it's fantastic. If you're not, I still think it's a good game. I think you'd end up liking it, especially if you like open world games that have the open world feel where exploration is key. Like, it's really fun doing the exploration in this game. And the one so thing is, is that- there's a lot of collectibles, but it gives you an abundance of them. So, like, you need to get, like, so many memory tokens or whatever to be able to unlock and help Amy do something. But there's way more than the amount you'll ever need in the game to be able to find. So it's not like you're just trying to find the last two and you have no damn clue where they are. Like, okay. And the map markers really do a good job of helping you see where things are on the map. So as a Sonic fan, as a fan of the series, how do you feel like, I mean, this is really early, so you don't have to feel like married to your answer here or whatever, but like, how would you rank this game in your like top five, top 10 Sonic games? Like, it's obviously not Sonic 2 or whatever, but like, where would it be? It is making a very strong case to be my favorite 3D Sonic game. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, I think... I'm weird because I think Colors is probably the best Sonic 3D game to this point. Because <laughs> uh, it is actually. Yeah. Isn't Sonic people, Colors actually whips ass. People will argue that, but some people say Unleashed is good and I think it's trash, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Sonic Colors is just only the good parts of Unleashed in a video game. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think this might be the best 3D Sonic and the only, like like you said, I think the only ones that compete with it at all are the 2D games, which is like a totally different kind of thing. Like I think Sonic Mania is fantastic. Sonic 2 and 3 mm. are both fantastic, but like, I don't know. Like, if Sonic Mania is number one, Sonic 2 is probably number two. This might be number three out of my favorite Sonic games. Holy shit. That's an incredible recommendation. Yeah. That really makes me actually really want to try this game. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'll, I will drive to your house and play this video. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, it's actually, it's uh, it's on PC too, right? Yeah. Hey. Oh, it is. I yeah. forget. That. I, that's right, because it pops up on Steam and tells me that you're playing. For some reason, yeah, I've got this on Steam. 
because I, I just know that the Switch release probably does not play nearly as good. I yeah, saw. I, I think you made the right. I think you made the right correct. I saw. I, I got a notification on YouTube from one of my channels that I follow the other day that was like Sonic Front, uh, Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost. I don't know what the hell I was about to say. But yes, of Sonic Frozen. I'm like, that's not right. Sonic Frontiers uh, does not run well. On the Switch. Let it go. Let it go. Does not run well on the Switch. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. Most things that because this game is, I wouldn't say it's graphically intense, but it does put more effort into its graphics than the games that run the best on the Switch. Like it looks way better than a Pokemon game or. Yeah. And the graphics are more on the realistic side than, say, like Mario Odyssey, where Mario Odyssey is like a little bit more cartoony. This one does have a little bit more realism to it. And the Switch just chugs when you try to play anything that has any semblance of realistic graphics in it. Oh, yeah. I heard Metal Jesus one time. He was talking about playing one of the newest Wolfenstein games on the Switch. And he said that, like, he was like, this might be a Switch killer. He goes, because my Switch was, like, hot. And the fans were whirring in it, like when I was playing. <laughs> I can't imagine playing some of these games that the Switch has on it on the Switch. Like, I think it sucks at playing um, Skyrim because I bought Skyrim on the Switch originally. Yeah, and I think it does a terrible job of playing Skyrim. That's why I didn't like Skyrim for such a long time. Which is hilarious. Cause Skyrim came out like five years before the Switch did. But I didn't have the systems to play yeah. it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so I can't imagine people playing like Doom Eternal. Or Mortal Kombat 11 That's on what jumped Switch. out to me was Doom Eternal. Yeah, it's like, come on now. That game should melt a Switch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm surprised the game was, the system was as good as it was with games like uh, Dead Cells and uh, yeah. Hollow Knight and all of that. Like, I've been long-time Nintendo apologist, but I'm like, they need to put some power in whatever the next system is to be able to handle some things. Like... If the Steam Deck can do it, you know what I mean? The Switch should be able to... Like, the next Nintendo system, whatever it should be, should be able to handle more than it can. It's going to come out... You know, they listen. It's going to come out in the news and it's going to be like, new Nintendo device comes stock with an RTX 490. <laughs> or 4090. Oh, it's the cum stock, finally. <laughs> the cum stock 4090. <laughs> <laughs> the cum stock 4090. <laughs> God, that actually really does sound like a piece of machine. Though, it does, it? yes. <laughs> like, if someone told you that they bought a Comstock 4090, you'd be like, yeah, that, that, that's not right. <laughs> I, will, I would be like, do you mean Comstock? <laughs> and they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, all right. <laughs> I, I'd believe if you told me that was a strain of weed, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> I've seen some ridiculous names. <clears throat> Even when I went to the dispensary and I'm like looking through the menu. This is hippie For one, pressure. This is cum stock. Look, <laughs> looking through a menu of weed is just like some of the one of the coolest things. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, just having the uh, the names of some of them are just hilarious. Like Florida Funky or like things like <laughs> Florida that. Florida Funky, <laughs> like, ah, whatever. And that's your porn name. I'm like Sonic. He doesn't chuckle. That's that's the name of the fucking strand. <laughs> my fucking. Did you say it's my porn name, Florida Funky? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord a funky wow 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 I've been feeling <laughs> I'm so bad. sad that I made a halfway decent joke and Nathan made a way funnier one at the exact same second <laughs> and he was the right one to follow up on. <laughs> oh, it's Knuckles. Knuckies. Yeah, I got my little toy knuckles. my little plushy knuckles in my hands while we're recording this. Gotta have something to do with my hands. <laughs> I'm playing with a, a little reptar cereal box that's metal. Nice. 
<laughs> I sp- I bought I'm this just candy. Keep on drinking this cola until I run out, but it's gonna run out pretty soon. I'm down to like the last uh, twelve fluid ounces, I think. Nice. That's cool. Where'd you get that? So when, when me and Megan were in St. Augustine last weekend, maybe the weekend before, um, we went to the little candy shop that's attached to the hot sauce shop. Yeah. And I saw the, like, for I grabbed a bunch of other stuff and the girl rang it up and she was like, my total was like six bucks. And I was like, really? That's it for all this candy <laughs> I have? I was like, hold on. And I went and grabbed these because I wanted this. So yeah. the little candy inside were like these hard ass green balls that were like not great. They were like... <laughs> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, bad. Like when a when a video <laughs> game is a tie-in for a movie. Um, uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, we we got nothing, dude. Oh god. Okay, doesn't matter. But like, they're just like knockoff nerds. Oh, uh, okay. Like, right? <laughs> and, You're a knockoff nerd, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't great, but like, dude, this is like a cool. This is all like. On the metal, it's per it's like raised and it's like it's a good yeah. it's a good little case. I was like, man, you could keep weed in there. <laughs> so, oh, I got that. I'll just get some reptar green. Uh, <laughs> let's see what have I what have I been up to the last two weeks? Yeah, what have you been up to? A lot of work. What the fuck are you? Who, who are you? Who's this guy? I I am a man who just lives at Walgreens these days. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, Currently, holy shit! I worked. Let's see. Yesterday was my first day Something off. Like nine days in a row, it was right? Seven dude? straight. It was seven straight uh, after Jeez. three. So it was like three days, one day off, seven days in a row. Then I was off yesterday. I'm off today, and then I work the next four days in a row. I think so. That won't be so bad. Four, yeah, you know, four or five is not bad. But when you start hitting that six, seven, and then my shift lead tells me that one time one of the shift leads got COVID and she had to work twelve days in a row. Oh my god! And I was like, "God, please don't do that to me! <laughs> please don't do that to me! I will have a fucking mental breakdown by day 10. <laughs> Which part don't don't give you COVID or don't give you twelve days in a row? Both twelve days in a row because you get to pick. You get to pick one. <laughs> you get to pick one. Now the genie is lit. I'll take the COVID. I'll take the COVID too. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I'll take the COVID. Fuck that. Y'all think y'all are young and hot, <laughs> young, dumb, and full of cum, but I've had you don't it even before. know. I can survive it. <laughs> Ah, uh, fine. You had the Omer- you had the Omicron. You had the bullshit I, doofus fucking version. I think I had something like before COVID hit. I got really fucking sick, but it was like a stomach. I think thing. I actually did have the Omicron a little while back too. Like, uh, I was in bed for like a week, couldn't keep anything down. Like it was like to the point that I almost had to go to the hospital. Like my dad almost took me to the hospital because he was like, "I'm gonna have them inject fluids into you." Like intravenously, like I could not keep anything down, <clears throat> and I finally started to be able to keep down a mixture of Pedialyte and water, and I would just start sipping that, and then slowly could eat some crackers and things. But like, and then like I don't know, maybe a year after I got that sick, uh, COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, baby, I didn't know you needed someone to inject fluids into you. <laughs> My goodness. Um, <laughs> that it, was my attempt to be Majima of this podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, in South Park. What started COVID was Randy had sex with a pangolin. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's that's a random thing that they came up with that started COVID. Oh man, my throat. Uh, so I did start taking antihistamines. I'm hoping that helps with my allergies and the post nasal drip and shit, which will make me not have to clear my throat so often. Um, but yeah, other than that, dude. Um, 
I told I told the story on on Yazpod, so I won't go into it. But me uh, me and Megan discovered something really cool this week. Um, and if you'd like to hear more about that, go listen to this week's Yabs Pod. Um, let's see what else. I bought Bug Snacks today, so Bug Snacks was on sale for nine ninety nine. And as you're listening to this, it's on sale till the November fifteenth. So I do recommend it is definitely worth ten dollars. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, I went ahead and grabbed it today too, man. Did you I saw the. <laughs> When you posted, I went and scooped it up. It's like ten dollars, and it looks like something I'll have a ton of fun with. It is definitely one I've wanted to try for a long time. And uh, I would like to do a revisit for the show uh, with it sometime because there's been a, a whole thing with the Isle of Big Snacks that came out that I haven't even played because that came out after me and Ryan had done the episode on it. So nice. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get around to doing that sometime. Uh, I don't know. Maybe revisiting things could be something we kind of get into. Maybe we can do like a block of revisits or something like that too. You know? Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Not that I'm giving away programming notes to future listeners, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it is an idea that has happened. And then I wanted to tell people because I know uh, I think I mentioned it to Dave, but I, I played this game with Megan some called Dinkum, and we just haven't gone back to it yet. But like, it's fun. So like. Dink-um? It's called D-I-N-K-U-M. Dinkum. Sorry, n- nothing is allowed to be called Dinkum. That's just, that's terrible. So what it is. That sucks. Well, what it is, is it is Animal Crossing on PC. Except you don't play as animals, you play as Australians. Same thing. So <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Wow! Adam! <laughs> Adam, please forgive us. So like, Adam, I'm sorry, you play I'm... as your people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's it's really it's an adorable game and it's just like so far it seems just like animal crossing with some mix of stardew valley in there where it seems like you don't necessarily have to wait you know three days for something to happen at least i haven't seen anything like that yet whereas in animal crossing you play that game enough you'll eventually hit this wall where you have to wait at least 24 hours to do anything oh wow and yeah because it plays in real That's time cool. Yeah, I remember you sent me some screenshots of Dinko, but it did look really cute and fun, though. So I'm glad you guys have been enjoying that. Yeah. And, and uh, I've been watching her play um, Slime Rancher 2, so that's been interesting. Nice. Yeah. I really do want to try Slime Rancher. That seems like a lot of fun. I think they, they, you're nodding your head, too. I feel like you would also really enjoy those series. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. It's one that's always kind of jumped out to me. It's one that kind of has been sitting in my... Um, wish list on steam for a while i think it might be on um game pass so i might need to try it out but i just haven't gotten around to it Ooh, nice oh yeah oh yeah and uh i don't know too like also she, like she she sat in discord and watched me play some yakuza and that was just like fun it was like, like watching her reactions to these characters that she has no like relationship <laughs> with where i'm like oh there, look there's majima there's majima <laughs> i'm like he's crazy listen and then i sent her a song from uh <laughs> i sent her rain I was like, listen, this song plays when he loses his fucking mind in Yakuza Zero, and <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Uh, and speaking of Yakuza, you boys want to roll right? Oh, I actually it? did have oh, one more thing. I did have one of my own, actually. Um, yeah. I meant to try this shit earlier. I got two of them. I have one of them with me, but it's um, Nongshim Shin Ramyun. Ooh. which is like the most beloved instant ramen that's going on right now. It's this Korean style one that is apparently really good. And so I did try it and you know what? It's, it's really good. I mean, 
it's one dollar and twenty cents of good instant ramen. It tastes really good. It's it's ramyun because it's uh, Korean, which I I kind of appreciate when like the name of something in a different language is slightly similar to one I know. Like manhwa is also like Korean for manga, and so like that's like hey, thank you, love that. <laughs> Make it easy for me. But yeah, so ramyun is basically Korean for ramen. Anyway, uh, the Shin Ramen, uh, Shin Ramyun, highly recommend. Very tasty. If you have a dollar and twenty cents to spend on a bowl of ramen, just do it. I do like ramen a lot, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> like when I make it, I'll like add stuff. I'll add stuff to it, like some angel hair cabbage, some shredded carrot, some sesame yeah, oil. Yeah. Mm. Good, good stuff. And people have told me that that the the uh, the brick brand the Shin Ramyun is like fantastic for uh, adding ingredients to. But I just had it like out of the bowl, and I was like, mm, "That's good. That's good." Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! It's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're still <laughs> we're still like twenty months ago, or twenty weeks ago's fucking dad pog joke. Hell yeah! So. Gentlemen, this week we played, or I guess it's these two weeks, whatever, I say shit, Yakuza Kiwami. <laughs> so Yakuza, let's go into the O-dubs. O-dubs. Obligatory w- Wikipedia O-dubs. bullshit. Yakuza Kiwami is an action-adventure video game developed by Sega. It is a remake of Yakuza, and hold that thought because we'll get back there in a minute, which is the first game in the Yakuza series. Hmm. Originally released on Sony's PlayStation 2. Yakuza Kiwami was released on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 in Japan on my birthday, January 21st, 2016. And on PlayStation 4 in Europe and North America on August 29th, 2017. So it didn't get a PS3 release here. Interesting. So it was also ported for Windows worldwide on Steam February 19th, 2019. And was released on Xbox One April 21st, 2020. Wow, that's so much after it came out originally. I know, right? So, like, <laughs> a lot of Yakuza fans are very happy that the game is now getting recognition um, because it took a lot. It took till like zero for people to play that and be like, "Damn, this is really." And then check out all these other Yakuza games that came out because it was this was a cult series for a long time. Yeah. Um, but quickly, I wanted to read the uh, first little blurb about the original Yakuza game, which I'm going to. Uh, emulate tonight just to see how it is right oh Uh, cool hell yeah yakuza is an action adventure game developed and published by sega for the playstation 2 it was released in 2005 in japan in september 2006 internationally and the story follows kazuma kiryu a yakuza member who spent 10 years in prison for a crime he did not commit after being released he learns that the criminal underworld is searching for 10 billion yen that has been stolen from the tojo clan he comes across an or comes across an orphan named Haruka, who is being targeted by the clan. She is believed to have the key to their lost money, and Kiryu resolves to protect her. The game takes place in Kamrocho, a realistic recreation of Tokyo's Kabukicho, Kabukicho. district. Now, like the original PlayStation 2 game, Yakuza Kawami explores the life of a man, Kazuma Kiryu, who is demoted from his clan after taking the blame for his boss's murder. After a decade in prison, Kiryu searches for his old friends who have gone missing. The remake adds extra elements to the story, including Akira Nishikiyama's corruption during Kiryu's imprisonment and constant struggles between Kiryu and his rival Goro Majima. The gameplay was improved to resemble the prequel Yakuza Zero, adding more depth to the fighting system. 
That makes a lot of sense. Both of those things. So Several of those things. So now I really want to play the original and see how it was different for Nishki. I think they probably just didn't have all the details of his undoing that the B got. I would imagine he was just like a straight villain that you would just expect to see in a video game from 2005 rather than the kind of nuanced character that we ended up getting after Zero and in Kiwami. I bet they added like, all of those flashback cutscenes and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That is literally what I thought too. Yeah. Wow. So one more paragraph and then we can start getting to our first thoughts and stuff. It says Sega had ideas to remake the first Yakuza game in 2015 as part of the series 10th anniversary, but were unsure about developing due to their team focused on making Yakuza zero following the success of zero. Sega started working on the remake of the first game and aimed to add new elements to the story while trying to make it more enjoyable than the original game. The game was well-received, earning positive sales. Critics praised its simplicity of gameplay, but were divided by the handling of the storyline and the pacing. Yakuza Kiwami was followed up by Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, later in 2016, and another remake based on the second game, titled Yakuza Kiwami 2, was released in 2018. So other than Like a Dragon, I guess Kiwami 2 is the newest one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm. With that being said, like I'm really looking forward to... Yakuza 6 a lot because that is the one that's kind of came out between Kiwami and Kiwami 2. Yeah. I am a little scared when we get to Yakuza 3 through 5. Yeah, that's the 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 awkward middle growth because they couldn't have remade those yet and yet they're well, going to be important for us to get to 6. They're not yep. they're not remade but they were remastered. Right. Um, Remaster, so it's going to be in like HD, but it's going to be like a lot more awkward gameplay wise and story wise. I feel like, like I feel like a lot of the quality of life shit that we're really accustomed to already, we are going to lose. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I want to say that Yakuza three, four, and five were PS3 games, and then they got remastered right. for PS4. Let me look real quick. I mean, that sounds right to me. It's yeah. just yeah. But yeah, even still, PS3 games, like, so one of the games we're coming up on playing, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, like, I first played that on PS3. Okay. You know what I mean? So, while that game is really fun, there are things about it that make you go, okay, so you can tell that this is a product of its time. So, it very, 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 wow, let me try that again. It may very well be that Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 didn't age super well, but I don't know, man, like, as long as the story just keeps being as good as it's been. Yeah. That's what matters the yeah, most to me. For sure. Um, but I mean, even in this game, there were some fights and some moments in this game that I felt like played pretty badly. So, like, I think when we get to things that didn't even have that revision, that's going to suck. Yeah. yeah I, 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 can, I can see that. Um, especially, like, probably three, because that'll be, like, the earliest of the ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting three to be the hardest to get through of the series four is where i think four will be improved and five will be improved on that and then six is just gonna feel amazing but <laughs> six will be like our coming home moment when we get through three yeah because yeah. yeah, it's gonna right? be quite the jump going from the the newest one in kiwami two to three mm-hmm. yeah but then we'll round it up all the way back and then we'll get into like a dragon yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Ichiban's struggle. That's going to yeah, be fun. And then, and then we can get into like like a dragon Ishin, and then like a dragon, the man who forgot his name. Oh shit, that's and all of those oh, judgment, judgment. 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 There's so many more fucking games. Judgment too, yeah. 
God, this series is going to be with us forever, and I'm so happy about it. Me too. I know. It's going to be like Yakuza, Final Fantasy, Drag... Trails? Tra- yeah, I was going to say the Legend of Heroes series, and then like I was going to say Dragon Quest, but I guess there's only a handful of them on PC so far, but... Yeah. There's like... Okay, I'm sorry, we're getting derailed as hell on this, but like, why is like literally every Final Fantasy gotten a pixel remaster and put onto Steam, and yet Dragon Quest can't get a single game other than 11 on Steam? Like... Eat my shorts, Square. Uh, it. I don't know if they think they still think that the, the 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 wants not there, but I mean they did the the remasters for the Switch for Dragon Quest one, two, and three, and I bought them. I mean I haven't played them because they're on my Switch, but I bought yeah. them. How hard would that have been to put on PC? Eat my shorts, Square. Yeah, or or eight <laughs> or Dragon Quest seven or any of them except yeah. ten. Ten, Except ten. All of them went to mo- even when they got remade, they got remade into horrible mobile consoles that no one has anymore. Yeah, and it's like, damn it, man! Give us, give us some Dragon Quest love, slime time, man, slime time, <laughs> it's slime time. Anyway, why don't we talk about Yakuza Quizami? <laughs> wow, Quizami, Quiz, Quiznos. Yo, Quizami. <laughs> Let's go to the Yakuza Quiznos. <laughs> John Lick, John Lick Quizami. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so rolling into this one um first of all i want to know what were your expectations going from zero which we knew was a prequel to this one uh let's start yeah for, yeah. For, yeah sorry oh, so for me like i just really thought that okay this is going to be one-to-one exactly like zero like kawami is just going to be like the story from yakuza one updated and put into the yakuza engine that they use for zero and it's just going to play exactly like Zero, but you only get to play as Kiryu. That was my what I thought I was going to get going into it. Just a different story with just Kiryu, but the same exact everything else. All right. What about you, Willie? That's funny, because that is almost exactly not what I expected. I actually expected this game would still be a little archaic and a little bit weird and, like, dated even after they updated it. So I didn't really... Th- have really high hopes going into it even though i know the game was highly regarded i thought it was still going to have a lot of old timey playstation 2 era quality of life issues okay so i kind of thought it was a mix of both (laughs) i hate to be like the the middle porridge (laughs) but like i thought that it was going to look better and it was going to play better because they based it off of zero but like willie said i also thought that maybe they didn't patch out some of the shit that would have bugged you back in the day. Like one of the things that I thought was a great touch, and I noticed it right off the bat, Kiryu had a cell phone now, so you could save wherever you wanted. Yep. That was beautiful. And it added auto saves, which Zero did not have. Yeah. And the hell yeah. To and that. that is something that I guarantee the original Yakuza didn't have. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> back in the day. So like um but like I also I didn't know how prominent Majima would be. That was one of the things that I was curious about. <laughs> As it turns out, super fucking prompt. Majima everywhere. Yeah, Majima everywhere. Majima everywhere. I hate to admit that my final rank with Majima everywhere at the end of the game when I beat it was F. Oh no. I got it up from what I only I got remember. up to A and I felt bad about it. Nate got SSS plus. Nate, you're like triple S or some shit, aren't you? Yeah, I got triple S. Beautiful. I couldn't I couldn't find him. Fuck it. If we're gonna be, we're gonna be all over the place this episode. Sorry, everybody. But like, so I, I couldn't find the motherfucker. Like, once you you get like a call from one of his people, they're like, "Hey, uh, Majima's missing. <laughs> he said he was going to look for you, and we haven't seen him since. He's probably hiding in an alley somewhere." And I went down all kinds of alleys, and never found him again. 
Uh, he was hiding in so many different places. Like, I think when that would happen for me, I had to find him, and he was hiding under a giant traffic cone. I was going to ask traffic you if you cone, guys yeah. saw the traffic cone thing, or if that was in Kiwami 2. Yes, dude. That's <laughs> I've seen that movement on PlayStation Access, and it cracks me up every time. He just pops out. Like, hey, let's fight, Kiryu. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you didn't see him pop out from a garbage can either then, huh? Oh. Or the sewers. That's also... <laughs> I didn't see the sewers yet, so that that you got me on that I, one. I did end up going to a bar. I got like invited to his bar, yes! and he was the bartender, and he sold yeah. me a bunch of cheap that was booze. So for, and I was like, no, I'm not paying you. And he's like, oh, that means we have to fight. And Kiryu's like, okay. And Mashima's just like, I love you, or whatever. And then they go out there and they fight, because he just loves fighting. Uh, and That was a great scene. But no, there, there's probably a bunch of stuff that I didn't see, which we'll cover later. But, like, um, but yeah, so... When, when the game first starts out, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does it immediately start going to the uh, the stuff where like Kiryu goes in and they're at the bar, uh, him and Nishiki are at the bar with the girls, and it kind of does the whole, the, you do the gift thing, isn't that like right at the beginning? Uh, that's a little it's bit, very early it's, it's very early into the first chapter. The first chapter, the f- very first thing you do in the game is you meet this guy called Shinji, and you help him, because mm-hmm. he comes to you, he's like, I shouldn't be having to ask you for this, boss, but can you help me out with this job? I'm trying to do a collections job over at Peace Finance. So That's right. you go with Shinji over to Peace Finance and you basically beat the crap out of the <laughs> loan officer there to get the money from him. I love the fact that Peace Finance still gets marked on your map for the rest of the game as a story important place. That's the only yep. time they ever come up. You just beat the hell out of them and it's like, okay. Yep. And then, what ifs? And then after that job at Peace Finance, you get a phone call from um, Nishiki, and that's when you go to um, the bar Serena, and you go and meet with Yumi, um, Reina, Nishiki, and you. That's gotcha. right. That's right. And that's when you have to go, and you end up... Uh, is it Reina that tells you about the ring? She's- yeah. So, like, you find out that it's Yumi's birthday coming up, and you just need to get her a present. And so Nishki's like, I already got her a present, you dumbass. I got her this badass necklace. Why can't you get her a gift? And then Raina suggests that you get her a ring. That's right. I mean, it's it's a nice ring. And she says she's like looked at it in like a magazine and all that. It's like a famous designer ring. It's not just like any old ring. And it's from France. It's from France. We are from France. And uh, he has it engraved with Yumi's name on it. It makes it all pretty for her. And... I know, I, I'm trying to remember. And she loved it, and Reyna was like, then Reyna was like, well, it's my birthday next. Where do you guys know what you're going to get me? And she was like, why don't you get me a necklace, Kiri? Why don't you get me a ring, Nishki? Because the kind of significance there was this, um, uh, Yumi didn't want a ring from Nishki, because he'd offered that before, but she did accept a ring from Kiryu. So it was kind of more of the closer to the heart kind of thing of more love than friendship or you know brotherly sisterly thing because the thing about those we find out about yumi too she also grew up in sunflower orphanage like kiryu and nishiki did she was there with them at the time so right. they were like this big trio of good orphan buddies they were <laughs> good the- big trio of good orphan buddies that sentence just whipped out i just i just wanted you to say I, I love that 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 made me smile <laughs> yeah um I, I do want to say that, like, it does a good job kind of uh, hinting at a, a slight bit of tension with Nishki over the girl. Like, just some of the, like, the looks that he would give during that. 
Yeah, yeah. it is quite obvious that you know, Nishki does have it for Yumi You're as well. both kind of competing. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But then um, shortly after that, you take um, that briefcase of money to the Kazuma office, where I think it's Kashiwagi's there, and you hand him the briefcase. And then you get this frantic phone call from Nishki saying, like, Yumi's got taken. She's been kidnapped by Dojima. Yeah, the head of your clan. The head of the clan. And, and Nishiki's like, I'm going there right now to get her back. And Kiryu's like, wait, wait for me. So basically you have to rush and run to go to get, um, try to rescue Yumi from Dojima, which is going to be an awkward situation. But when you get there, you find, well, it's not as, it's pretty awkward, but not as bad as, well, it's worse than you think. Because yeah. <laughs> Dojima's laying there in a pile of blood and Nishiki has a pistol in his hand. And Dojima's dead as fuck. Yeah, absolutely, totally dead. And when you get there, Kiryu's like, take Yumi and run. Um, Nishiki. Nishiki. I'll take the fall for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do this for you, my Kyodai. Yeah, and so then the police get there and you get arrested. And you do get this little cutscene of this guy, this detective named Date, who's like, you know it's not this Kiryu guy, right? Something's not right here. It's not Kiryu who killed him. Yeah, and... And the whole thing, too, was I, I believe that he told Nishiki to run because of Nishiki could take care of Yumi, but also Nishiki's sister who needed him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but that was a, that was a, a heart-wrenching scene to me. Yeah, like, Kiryu being like, no, 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 I know there were consequences of this. Take her and get out of here. I'm going to take the fall for this. Like, I don't know. I just, I respected Kiryu a lot for that. But at the same time, I was like, Kazuma, run! Yeah. That's right, because, like, <laughs> Like fucking uh apparently Nishiki, uh his sister is like she's up for her last surgery, basically. And if this one doesn't take, she's just going to die. She's had a terminal disease for most of her life. Yeah. So she's very ill, and that's part of why Kiryu's like, go Nishiki run, take Yumi and go, I'll take the fall for her, because he wants him to be able to take care yeah. of his sister as well. Because without Nishiki, she has like nobody, basically. Uh, but yeah, after that. You get into prison, and of course, one of the first things that happens when you're in prison is you get attacked in prison by some of the inmates, and you have to have a nice prison brawl. Beat the shit out of those dudes. Yeah. Now, let me let me interject. <coughs> Excuse me. The combat. Did you guys find it easier this time around? And it, maybe it because we played Zero first. Because some of these early fights, I went in and wiped the fucking floor with them, whereas I feel like in Zero in the early fights, I was... You know, it was pretty even even keeled. I think one of the things is one of the earliest memories I have of Yakuza Zero, which is very imprinted on me now, is that scene where you're running through the building and you have to keep fighting that guy yes. with the knives. Like I think it was um, yeah. Kuze's like bodyguard or whatever. He keeps coming at you through the window, and then like you knock him out one time. Then five minutes later, and that got rough real early because you had like a real boss type character fighting you early on in the game. And you didn't have, like, a boss-type character anywhere near as early in the game until you get out of jail. And then I think it's you. It's one of those scripted boss battles, too. So it's one of those things that yeah. I think it didn't ramp up as quick. It gave you a little bit more time to practice your fighting with the guys in the prison and the peace finance officers. I just feel like uh, once I got back into the swing of uh, rush mode... Just, mm-hmm. just that quick dodging between their hits and just throw in like you know six or seven quick jabs. Yeah, it, it was just like a uh, riding an old bike, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you get into that fight and everything. And you're like, actually, first what happens is you get a letter 
that's from Shinji brings you a letter from Sarah, Chairman Sarah, who says that you've been expelled from the Yakuza. And then it's important, though, that the word is expelled, not banished, but expelled. Right. Because apparently those are very different levels. Like if you had been banished, that means if you would even talk to a Yakuza, that guy would be under uh, punishment. So like you were like given the middle punishment, which is wild (laughs) considering you just confessed to killing Dojima. Yeah, the patriarch. You're like a little kind of patricide, basically. Yeah. 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 I didn't think about it being patricide. Yeah, it's absolutely... <laughs> the, the, yeah. <laughs> Fucked him up. Uh, yeah, and so then you get into that um, prison brawl. It's like, yeah, I figured there are people trying to kill me. Who sent you? And they're like, Sarah. Chairman Sarah did it. Which immediately did not make sense to cure you. Because, like, why would he get expelled from the Yakuza, but then also try to get assassinated by the same person who expelled him. So there's always some yeah. red flags. And then for 10 years, nothing happens. You're just in prison. Kiryu lives out his his um, time in prison as a model prisoner. Nobody fucks with him after that initial model fight. Model prisoner. Yeah, model prisoner. So he gets yeah. out in 10 years for murder. And he shaved his head, which was interesting to see him with the, the slick cut. I was yeah. just like, oh, he doesn't have his hair. He doesn't look like Elvis. <laughs> Yeah, and so now that that's chapter one is the murder to ten years in prison, and then after that, basically, is when you just get out and you're oh, hold on this thing I'm looking at is like not working properly. Like you go around, um, and you have to. One of the first things you have to do is find the information guy, right? Who's standing in the middle of that plaza? Well, before that, you right before you get out of prison, you get a letter from Kazuma, who is basically your adopted father. And he's t- sends you a letter saying you need to go to Club Stardust. Stardust. There's people there you need to meet. Um, so before you can even get headed there, as soon as you get out of your um, car to get back into the streets of Camarocho, you're encountered by Majima, who's just like, Kiryu-chan, you just got out of prison. You have to fight me now. <laughs> he's like, your 10 years have made you soft, so we need to fight to get you back into fighting shape if you're going to be out here in the streets of Camarocho. I lost two fights the entire time I was playing this game. I got beat twice. This was one of them. I, I think this I was think a it's scripted, scripted loss. I think you're supposed... Yeah. The other one was an actual loss, but this... It was also the monster. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you've lost all your stats. Like, everything you've learned in Yakuza 0, you've yeah. spent 10 years wailing away in prison. So, you've lost all your stats. You're not as powerful, strong, or tough as you once were. And so, you lose this fight to Majima. You got beat up hard. Like, he screws you up. I, I did this fight twice, right? I beat it, and then I loaded it. and di- or not beat it. I'm sorry. I got beat. And then I loaded it and used a trainer and put get myself infinite hp and then beat majima to see if the ending was any different it's not you like you would sit there and wail on him and wail on him and wail on him and then at the end q you're still standing there like holding his arm like everybody and sighing up and down his fuck and majima's like yeah you're rusty So, like, I don't think that there is a, I don't know if it's a situation where, like, they just didn't expect anybody to actually beat him, so they didn't script it any differently. Because I think he's just supposed to beat the shit out of you. And that is absolutely supposed to be what happened. Ah. 
but sheesh that's super <laughs> like i mean you're really not supposed to be able to beat him though he really does absolutely put the fucking boots to your ass like it is definitely meant to be like you are lost yeah and then like not long after that is when you start like running north to go where you're trying to go and you run into street thug abe it's just this dude standing in the street and he's like hey i don't like the way you look what are you doing here and you're like i don't have to tell you anything kikiri is very much like i'm batman fuck off (laughs) yeah uh, abe doesn't like that so you then have to put the fucking beating on him which is not hard at all and then he tells you where to find the information broker and that's when you make your way to the plaza and uh that's when you find that the information guy and he uh, tells you what happens to tamura as well as gives you information but uh from there i think that's when you head to stardust if i remember correctly yeah that, that sounds about right yeah, you get to Stardust, and you go to Stardust right after that, and um, you have to get encountered by this like young-looking guy. He's like, no, we're not letting another Yakuza thug in our club, blah, blah, blah. So you have to fight this guy. Was it just me, or did this NPC look a little strange? He looked really young to me. He looked like he was probably just like fresh out of college, 23-year-old mm. dude. Very like-, like He didn't look that weird. Like He had a distinctive look. Like You could pick Yuya out of a lineup any yeah. day for sure. Yeah, I didn't mean that he was ugly yeah, or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying, like as opposed to like just all the other people you see in the game, he had a very prominently distinctive face. Like a bigger yeah. jaw. Um, he almost Hit reminded me of uh, Shimano in a way. Like that style of like facial structure. <laughs> He's not as ugly as Shimano. Shimano was just a nasty-headed boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just meant I just meant facial structure wise. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, like, he he ends up being cool. But yeah, you have to beat him up here. Yes, he fight Yuya, and then you once you do, you finally beat him. His the club owner comes out, and his name's Kazuki, and he was just like, "Bro, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Who is this guy?" He's like, "I'm Kiryu." He's like, "Oh, Kiryu, come right in." <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because Kir- he got the message from. I guess it was Kazuma, Kazuma to co- that Kiryu was coming. Well, Kaz- Kazuki uh, reveals all the information to um, Kiryu of what's been going on since he's been in jail. Long story short, Chairman Sarah has been assassinated, essentially, and Nishiki is responsible for it. So the next thing you end up having to do is head to the funeral to meet up with Kazuma. Yeah. And uh, I believe, don't they also reveal that the 10 million is missing and that's why he got killed? Yeah. Ten, yeah, ten billion. Excuse me, billion, ten billion yen. Yeah, Woo. is that a hundred million dollars? Which is approximately one hundred million dollars. It's a lot of money. not chump change. Not chump not change. At all. So yeah. So then chapter three starts on a flashback. So you go back in time and see a younger Nishki again, and this is after Kiryu's gone to prison, and uh, you find out that Nishki's getting his own family. So he's going to be the patriarch of the Nishiyama clan. Which was going to be a subsidiary of the Cosmo family, which is a subsidiary of the Dojima clan. <laughs> clans on clans subs- on clans. And so this this would have been where you would have been if it weren't for the fact that you were in jail because you killed Dojima. Yeah, this was originally planned for you. So instead, they gave this to Nishiyama and said, make sure you have a place for Kiryu when Kiryu gets out of prison, basically. So Kiryu, once he gets out, he's going to be under, uh, was supposed to be under Nishiki. And... And then, like, as, as the game goes on, and this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but I just got to get this out while I'm thinking about it. it Nishki turns out to be such a shithead, but, like, the, all these flashbacks show people being so fucking mean to him that it's like they wonder yeah. why he turned out that way. And 
what's amazing is the fact that none of that's in the original game. So he's just a fucking shithead in the original game, and that's wild <laughs> to me. <laughs> just wild to me. Yeah. So the next chapter is not it, – it's pretty eventful, but I don't have to say it in a lot of words. You go to the funeral, and you finally meet up with Kazuma. And so Kazuma begins telling you what's going on, but he's quickly shot down by a sniper. Like, you start getting some information, and boom – all of a sudden, Cosmo's got a bullet through his chest, and Kiryu's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Shimano and his boys run in, and they're acting like you did it, basically. Yeah, yeah. right after you get out of prison, they're blaming you for a, basically an assemp- attempt you at assassination. You killed another patriarch! Yeah, of Cosmo. And, and there's a split second where it shows the sniper like pulling their gun back and moving away, and you can, for a fucking split second, you can see slick back black hair. Yeah. You're just like, that motherfucker. Yeah. And so, the rest of this chapter is basically a really, really big, fun fight that reminded me of that scene in the building from Yakuza Zero where you're fighting through the Tojo clan funeral. Uh, So, it's like, it's a big, fun fight sequence where, like, every time you get past, like, a checkpoint, Kiryu throws a big-ass punch and knocks a dude through a wall and you continue on through there. It's really cool, Hell fun yeah. stuff. Like this is part of the games that I really love, and that put me right in the mood, real quick, right there. And then once you get through the big, fun, amazing fight, you get thrown into what I think was the worst boss fight in the game. I want to point out that Nathan literally wrote in his notes, "This is the worst fight in the game," and I don't disagree. This sucked. This was so bad. Like, Shimano? Yeah, you had so much momentum and so much fun going into this fight, but then, like, once you're about to get out of the funeral, um, Shimano shows Shimano. up. And Shimano is this big old dude. Like, he is huge, scary. He's got like not quite sumo wrestler build because he's not that big, but he's like. You can tell this dude's strong as hell, and he eats a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember having too much trouble with him. I just remember him taking a long time. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It that's, wasn't that hard. Exactly it. it just took literally 10 minutes to get through this fight because you had to basically peck at him, and then he had, like, super armor, basically. So, like, you had to punch him a few times, back away. Punch him a few times, back away. And it just took so damn long. It wasn't technically in interesting it was just slow and painful and i don't know if this was to point out just the fact that kiryu has gotten so much weaker while he was in prison or whatever because you do fight um shimano later in the game and it does not feel this bad um yeah but like i don't know if that was an intentional choice by the designers of the game but if it was it was a bad one because this was just the least fun part of the game for me was that fight in chapter three of 13 literally he has three combos he does over and over again. They're really, really easy to read. And then you just hit him a bunch of times and it does like one thousandth of his health bar and he has three health bars. Yeah. And they all the bosses in this game have this thing where they like crouch down and they start glowing and they heal health. So yeah. you have to keep wailing on and, doing and that. that- yeah, at, at that point, you don't have the Kiwami move to probably do the correct response at that point. So yeah. that, like, makes it. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, so you don't have like, to totally I do enjoy it. the Kiwami move, but yeah. He just gets he gets free health back and it sucks and it wasn't fun. Yeah. That said, after this, the game gets better. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter three. You beat Shimano finally and you walk out of the funeral. And then you go to chapter four where you get another flashback. But this one basically comes down to is just. Nishki having so much trouble with his men. Like, they don't respect him. There's, like, 
yeah, they put us under you because you don't know shit and we do know how to be Yakuza. So you just shut up and let us do the work. Basically kind of thing. Yeah, they they bitch yeah. him up hard in that first meeting. Yeah, like they have no respect for Nishki, essentially, is what that whole comes down to. He's titled as a patriarch and yet they basically, none of them care about him whatsoever. They're just like, fuck you. We were Kazama's boys. Now we're dealing with you and we don't really respect you whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. You're a little up-jumped prick. Yeah. So then, after that flashback, it flashes back to Kiryu, who's just walked out of the funeral, and a car pulls up while there's a bunch of Yakuza trying to chase after him, and you just, like, jump in the car, and it's Date, who is that private, like, that investigator from the beginning of the game who was, like, sure that it wasn't you who did it. Um, and so Date's like, look, I know you didn't do the murder back in the day, but I don't care anymore. I'm looking into who murdered Sarah, and I need your help. The, the other chairman that got murdered um, before, yeah, blah blah blah. So you decide to team up with Date, and you have, to, and you, what you really want to do is start to find Yumi again, because yep. like Yumi disappeared after all this happened, and no one knows what happened to Yumi. Yeah, she like, uh, well, I don't know. At this point, you don't know. So yeah, okay, continue. So you go decide to go to this. The bar Serena again, the one back in the day that you and Nishki always went to and meet up with Reina there, who's still still tending bar. Good girl, right? Always. And she... <laughs> huh? Oh, I said always. Yeah. She brings up um, someone named Mizuki, who is apparently Yumi's sister, who opened a bar named Ares or Adam... I'm, I'm sorry, Ares in Millennium Towers. <laughs> um, so she's like... That's all we know is there's a bar in the Aries that Mizuki runs. Um, there's a bartender in a bar called Bacchus who has info. So you decide to leave to go to this bar called Bacchus to get the information. And once you get in there, it's a grisly and grim scene. Like, everyone in there has just recently been shot up, shot to death, murdered. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell happened here? Everyone in there is dead except for you run into this little girl whose name is Haruka and she's looking for her mom and and you find out that she's in Bacchus because she also heard that because she's looking for you find out that she's also looking for um Mizuki Mizuki which is her mother right. and also when you find that little girl she's just like sitting under the bar holding a pistol looking scared for her life it's awful yeah it is heart-wrenching scene for sure uh quickly I do want a, uh, a little levity this is the first chapter where you start randomly finding Majima in costumes and stuff. So, like, this is where you run into him as police officer Majima. Yeah, so that's one of the first encounters you see is with we have with Majima outside of the original one is Majima standing out front of Millennium Tower, and he's dressed up like a police officer, and he's like, "Carry you, come here. We gotta check you to make sure you're not carrying any weapons. You can't be a threat to society now, can you?" And, and so. Every time you see Majima from here on out in a cop uniform, he comes up and frisks you to make sure you're not carrying any weapons. And if you are carrying weapons, it's a fight with Majima you get. It's a fight. (laughs) So carry weapons because fighting Majima is actually pretty fun. (laughs) And beneficial. And because you always gain a uh, Dragon of Dojima skill, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to like. There is a, what we were mentioning earlier, there was a, um, a mechanic added to this game called Majima Everywhere. And what Majima Everywhere Mechanic does, it helps you level up your fourth fighting ability. We haven't talked about abilities at all. All right. 
I'm going to finish chapter four, then we're going to take a break from game from story and talk a little bit about gameplay. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, like I said, everyone there was murdered except for this little girl who was looking for her mom. She was Mizuki, the same person you're looking for. Um, so, when you're leaving these that bar, you see these street punks bullying a puppy. So, Kiryu kicks their ass. God. Like, yeah. They're, like, throwing rocks at this puppy. And so, Kiryu just walks up. Catches one of the rocks they're throwing at him and whips it right back into Toot's face. This, I just want to say, this was the moment where I was on Discord with Megan and I told her that happened and she was like, share your screen. So, like, I <laughs> shared it so she could see the puppy and she was like, they're throwing rocks at him. Oh my God. <laughs> so, from then on, she was like watching me play Yakuza. She like quit out of her game and she was like watching Yakuza, like, we got to save this puppy. And then it was like, oh, you have to save this little girl. And I'm, <laughs> it was just, it was, it was adorable. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, you immediately just destroy these punks that were bullying a puppy. And then you just, then, um, Haruka's like, we have to help the dog. So you have to go on a series of fetch quests to basically get this puppy water, get this puppy food, get, like, all this stuff for the puppy. Get this puppy a bowl to put the water in. Yeah, that's kind of funny stuff. So you save the dog, and then you, you then go back to the bar Serena, um... And then once you get there, you decide, okay, we've got to go find Ares. I think that's where you go next, right? And then once you get there, the Omi Alliance members are there, who's another clan. And you end up having to fight them because they want to take Haruka. No. Yeah, so the Omi Alliance is a it's a rival to the Tojo clan. They're not in the same organizations we are, but they're a different Yakuza family. Like, they don't even have the same top-down organization. They are completely different. Yeah. Um, curious. Either of you, how did you react when the cop stopped you and the girl on the way to Eris? Oh my gosh. Uh, that was funny. I, I straight I, just went like, uh, nope. I was like, Every question he asked me, I was just like, nah. Are you his dad? No. Yep. Are you? We don't talk to cops. I just kept, yeah. I, I kept giving him nothing until fucking the girl eventually, Haruka eventually was like, hey, why are you hassling my dad? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Haruka is a little bit feistier than she puts on. And, like, she has some good moments. She's a cool girl. She's a cool little girl. She's nine years old and she could probably whip my ass. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, you fight the Omi Alliance there because they wanted to kidnap Haruka and you have no idea why at that point. But, so, gameplay stuff. So we talked a lot about the story so far, but I think it'd be a good idea to talk about gameplay. One thing that really stood out to me in this game as opposed to Yakuza um, 0. In Yakuza 0, you had to spend money that you had earned through fighting or other means to put it back into your stats. This game, Mm. it gave you a separate bar that leveled up as you um, beat enemies, and then you could put those levels into your different stats which I thought was a pretty interesting way to do it. You had four different things you could put it into. I think it was one was skill, body, and power, maybe? No, skill. Soul. Skill, what? body, soul. soul. Soul, soul, thank you. And then the fourth one, which is dragon of dragon style, which you get from more of doing those Majima Everywhere things we mentioned a little bit earlier. So, I don't know. How did you guys feel about this? I thought it was, was an improvement. Like, I liked this way better than having to shove money into it. You you know me. I'm an RPG player. I'm a sucker for an experience system. So when I realized I could grind, at first, oh sorry, sorry, boy. No, god. I just at first I had mis, uh, mixed feelings about it, but um, then I you know started buying levels, and I'm like, oh cool, I could just get more hit points. That's neat. 
But like, I don't know. I I felt like it made more sense than just spending money. Like, it felt like I was leveling up rather than spending money. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it was, for sure. And I think it made, like, a lot of sense, too, because, like, you're trying to get your skill back that you had before you went to prison. So, like, fighting it out and getting experience from those fights and then being able to put that back into yourself. I think that made a lot of sense. Although you did also get experience from completing side quests and things. But I did feel like we were shaking the rust off of Kiryu after 10 years of the whole. Oh, yeah. So that that did make a lot of sense, actually. Absolutely. Um, So, speaking of side quests, did you guys have any that really stood out to you this one? Because I know we had a lot that stood out in Zero. Um, I I thought the side quests were a little bit better than Zero. I really did. But there were still some good ones. Did you guys have any that really jumped out to you? Well, let, let me go ahead and get myself out of the way. I have nothing to add to this. So I played just through the story. Um, and when I finished the game, I finished it with a 17% completion rate. And that's with the whole story. So I didn't even see 20% of this game. So I, I don't have any comment on the side quest, unfortunately. So I am very excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that I felt like, especially really early on in the game, it just felt like every side quest was this person is trying to scam you and then you prove that they're a scammer and it's bad. Like, I kind of got a little tired of that early on, but it did eventually come back around. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed taking the judoka around. I was going to bring that one up as my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go hard. So you tell them about it. So you end up breaking up this fight between this... Like, you think what's happening is, is this man is sexually harassing this woman. So Kiryu goes and beats him up. And then the woman's like, why did you hit him? Why did you do this? This is my boyfriend. And then then this big dude with this, and they call him the big headed man. (laughs) Comes up and he beats the crap out of the guy too. He's like, we got to protect this woman from him. And then you end up fighting. And then you, did you? Oh my God, that's so confusing and hilarious. And this cop shows up and he's like, who's going to jail for this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody basically just talks about, no, it's a big misunderstanding. We're all sorry. Yeah. yeah the, the, the big headed man's like, yeah, I'm in here from out of town. I just wanted to see whatever, what um, Camarocho had to offer. Do you think you could take me around and show me around town? <laughs> so he, eventually he's like, let's go eat. So you go end up taking him to the fanciest Japanese steakhouse in town. He's like, I want two whole cows, please. <laughs> oh, I, I, maybe I didn't take him there. The one I ran into, uh, when the waiter came over and they were like, what would you like, sir? He goes, I'll have one of everything. <laughs> and the waiter's like, what? Oh, I mean, yeah, yes, sir. Of course. <laughs> It's funny. It's great. And then you take him to a cabaret club where you just order wine and drink with him and the host girl. It's a fun time. He's like, man, I do enjoy this, but this isn't really what I'm looking for. Like, I'm a fighter. I'm a competitor. I I want something a little bit more underground that not everybody knows about. And she's like, here, he's like, ooh, I think I have a place for you because you do know of this um, underground fighting arena. So you end up taking him there. He's like, here, you fight me. It's what I really want. I saw how you can really throw a punch out there and you had to fight him. And he gets so happy when you kick his ass. <laughs> oh, man. See, I never got to finish. I did start that quest. And I took him to the, the restaurant and the cabaret. And I fucking forgot to go back to the place in, in the purgatory because I was just trying to get through the story, but I would have liked to have seen that because I did enjoy the the first parts of that yeah. quest. I could admit. And now I did. I do want to say when I first got that quest, I thought that was part of the main story. 
So as uh-huh. soon as we got done talking, I ran to the pink spot and more stories started happening. And I was like, oh, damn it. No. And I thought I missed my opportunity <laughs> to help that guy. And then later on, I randomly ran into a restaurant to have Kiryu eat. And a cutscene started with him. And I was like, oh, oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like I like that sub story a lot, and like I think Willie, you mentioned that it turns out that that guy, that big headed man, was based off of a real life judo fighter. Yeah, it's a, an actual judoka that I think has the actual name that they gave him in the show. Even like they didn't even make a f- fake name for him or whatever. He's just literally modeled an actual judo. That's guy. awesome. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, Did you have any other sub quests you really liked, Willie? Um. I mean, this one was kind of like more of a an emotional one or whatever, but I really did like the one where you uh, like find a little kid and then you like get Haruka to like hang out with him for a minute and then you t- he's like sick and you take him to a doctor's office. Yeah. And like it turns out he had like an appendicitis that was about to burst. Oh. What? Because like the, the people there were just like the, the guys, the other guys were like, oh, how dare you operate on this kid before us? You know, and it just turned out, no, like that dude's fine. This kid needs to be operated on immediately. Yeah. Oh, cool. I also really like the one where you just ran around the city looking for a uh, 20,000 or not 20, 2000 yen bills. Oh, yeah. Like to bring back to the guy from the Vincent. I didn't finish that one. I got two of them and then got sidetracked. <laughs> I did find all of them, and there's not, like, a surprising ending of it or anything. It's just, like, a fun way to travel around and look for things. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was a cool idea, because, I don't know, it just seemed like a fun, like, time capsule of that exact period in Japan at that moment. Cool. Well, I guess we can do a little... Oh, go ahead. I I was just going to say, because it was funny, like, people, like, in the game were, like... They acted like that 20,000 yen bill was like, or 20, a 2,000 yen bill was like, can't, it was like a $2, they basically treated it the same way as a $2 bill, you know? They like treated it as like, maybe this is counterfeit, this is a real weird piece of shit, what is this thing? Because yeah. <laughs> I think they, like, the way they brought it up in the story was like, that was the 2,000 yen bill that they brought up for the year 2000. So Kiryu didn't even know it yeah. existed because that was when he was in prison. <laughs> that's right. This? Yeah, that's true. That's right. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't get it that's rad this game though that, that no me, me neither i was sad about that too sadly <laughs> no that's rad holy shit no. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit well, i guess we can get back into a little bit of story talk so caveat here i only did summaries for the first five chapters of the game so i might let one of the other boys try to summarize the rest of the plot because i didn't get to write this down but the plot only gets more complicated after where you summarized it to is the thing. Well, I'm not going to be the one that does all the work all the time. I'll, so, I'll <laughs> damn. I have a, the next chip. It gets all twist twisty. Huh? It gets all twisty. It does. It does. Um, so the next chapter starts on another flashback where you find out that Nishki's sister needs a heart transplant. Um, another thing is my nose is really stuffy, so I'm having trouble talking. <laughs> Uh, You're doing a fantastic job summarizing considering that. Um, so Nishki talks, begs the doctor, basically, like, is there anything we can do? We need to get her on the list right away. And he brings up that um, she can go, he can pay for an organ broker to get him at heart as soon as possible. And basically an organ broker, somebody that finds organs for people on the list. And yeah, that's. That's right. So he ends up finding the shittiest guy in his organization's like, dude, I know you suck ass, well, but do whatever you can to get me that I mean, money. The way that happens, he finds out it's like 30, 000, 30 million 
yen. And he goes to the guy and just, like, begs him. He's, like, on his hands and knees, like, just begging him to please get the money in any way possible. And the guy's like, any way possible, right? And he's like, yes, any way possible. I just need the money. He's like, it's good to see you know your place now, boss. And he kind of, like, steps on his head because, like, he's on the hands and knees thing. It's just, like, another scene of Nishki getting humiliated. Just another, another one. It just constantly gets disrespected. It sucks yeah. so bad to be Nishikiyama. Yeah. Um, so the next thing, then that flashback ends, and um, Kiryu's back at Serena. You find out you need to meet a man named the Florist of Psy in Purgatory, because he's basically the biggest source of information in all Camarocho. He has, like, this underground setup where he sees everything going on in the town. Um, so you get there and you meet him and he requires you to do a fight in the Coliseum for money to pay for the information. Basically wants to see Kiryu in action. So you have to win three fights in the Coliseum and then he agrees to give you the information. And I had a blast with the Coliseum fights. They were fun. Yeah. It was, it was really similar to that scene in uh, Yakuza 0, and I didn't mind that one yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. The only part that kind of... I, I got I played it a little bit, and I got it to a point where I was... There was one where it was like weapons-only deal duel, which was easy to do as um, Majima in Zero, but God, Kiryu sucks with weapons. Yeah. Yes, he does. Ah, yeah. um, but you get the info that whoever recovers that 10 billion yen that we were talking about earlier is going to be the next chairman of the clan. And so obviously um, Nishki thinks it's going to be him. Um, So so you get a phone call while you're there that says Kiryu has a visitor here, which is weird. And you see that Date is basically being jumped by these thugs. Like through the camp. Yeah. So Kiryu has to run up there and save him. And you find out Haruka got kidnapped where she's being held at the batting cages which is another mini game in the game you can do is play batting cages. Um, you find out the Majima family has her and you must fight to save him, save her. So you get to do this fight with Majima and his family at the batting cages, which is just the most appropriate place for Majima. Dude, that scene where he's coming in and he's talking mad shit to Kiryu and that baseball comes out and hits him in the head. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yes. And, and he starts laughing and everyone starts laughing except that one guy and he turns around and just beats that fucker to death with his baseball bat like it, yeah. that moment <laughs> was so fucking the Joker, you know? Yeah. It really yeah. was. He's like, Why aren't you laughing? Boom <laughs> And I almost wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons that in the original Yakuza game that came out over here, Mark Hamill was the voice of Ma- Majima. Yeah. Wow. Because I think this was the only game that had English voice yep. acting ever, and Mark Hamill was Majima, which that says a lot to me about <laughs> how much this game, how good this game really is <laughs> to get Mark Hamill to do a voice. Good God. Oh, yeah, dude. He's, he's a fucking legend. Legend. Um, but you end up um, beating them and saving Haruka, and you find out about Haruka's pendant, which is basically this pendant that um, Yumi had given her. Because Yumi, turns out, is her aunt that comes and visits her at Sunflower, the orphanage, sometimes. Because we didn't mention that either. Um, Haruka lives at Sunflower now, the orphanage where Kiryu grew Which up. Which is the same the same orphanage that Kiryu and Nishigami both grew up in that was founded by uh, Kazama. Mm-hmm. Yes, which, <clears throat> there's a revelation about that later in the story that I was just like, what well, damn! yeah. Um, oh shit! Yeah, but that yeah. is all the notes that I have for the story now. So, so 
Well, after you, so after you beat Majima, um, you end up back at uh, Serena, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then when you leave, uh, little one of the little homeless guys that works for the florist tells you that you need to go there. So when you go there, he tells you that he's got nothing for you. But when he's looking on the screen, it is a, it's like a camera zoomed in on a kid and his girlfriend. And it turns out that that is the florist's son, or he has nothing to do with his family or whatever. But like his son's in trouble. The girl he's with, there's some shit going on with her. So you have to go and talk to them. Um, and you end up having to fight. His name's Takashi. And my brain... It turns out he's tied into a really minor, minor, minor league Yakuza family that the entire time I was doing that plot, I'm like, these guys sound like they suck shit. I could beat all of their asses. What are we doing here? Just, it made me think of Takashi 6 9 and like his affiliation <laughs> with the, the gang or whatever. I was just like, this dude, I'm glad he doesn't have 6 9s tattooed all over him. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, you beat him up and the gang shows up. You got to fight them and they kind of direct you to, uh, is it the... The club that you go after that? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Debola. De- 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 I believe. And you got to go in there and you got to deal with uh, some of basically like these lone shark type people. I believe that's right. Yeah, because then you end up having to go talk to the girl herself. And that's when you find out that the girl is like selling herself to make money. Oh, no, excuse me. I think you're mixing plots together there. I am. I, sk- I'm sorry. I, skipped, I skipped a bit ahead too. I, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. So you handle the Takashi situation. You end up finding out that he's a good kid and he's in love with a girl who is actually the daughter of a uh, prominent Yakuza member. And they end up agreeing that like, they don't like each other, the florist and the Yakuza guy, but like their kids love one another. So they're going to, you know, they're going to work it out. Um, But you do have to end up beating up that gang and basically telling them to fuck off and leave them alone. And then that's when Date, where you have to deal with his daughter, correct? So you end up having to deal with Date. So you end up finding his daughter and she's like, you can have one of us or both of us with him, with her and her friend. It turns out that they're selling themselves to make money. And you're like, you end up having to chase down after her and get information about, uh, you're looking for Shotaro, who is this yeah. guy that she's apparently in love with. Um, so you go to Stardust after the, you go to this one, well, if you go to the first bar and the guy asks you, you know, if you can pick the most expensive drink that we have and buy a glass of it, I'll tell you where Shotaro is. So you have to figure out which one's the most expensive drink. And then you buy it, drink it, and he tells you where Shotaro is. And which is what he says is that he moved to the Stardust Club about three months ago. So you go over to Stardust and like you go into this cut scene. And you, I think you, I think the belief is when you end up having to fight a big group of the people again that are like, you're mucking around and shit that you shouldn't be messing with. And then you end up tracking down Shotaro and he's actually part of a like a big money scheme thing where they're like ripping off like loan shark type thing and right. you end up having to fight them again and you fucking kick his ass. Uh, this is like one of the first times in the game I believe you can start using Kiwamis, at least if you've been upgrading and you can beat his ass with that. And that's basically the, gener- the general basis of chapter six is saving the florist's son and then saving the daughter. <clears throat> now I'm trying to remember what happens next. Oh, this is when you go into the. This is where the, they find the dead girl with the tattoo on her. Oh, yeah. and uh, you take the tattoo to uh, Kiryu's tattoo artist because he's like, I recognize that tattoo. I know, I know it anywhere. So he goes and asks the tattoo artist. Tattoo artist is like, No, I remember every tattoo I've ever done, and I do not remember that one. So then you kind of have to 
I think you have to follow the, the trail to go find Haruko. She says she run away from you. Or Haruka, excuse me. And she runs away and you have to like ask people and she go into the Sega place and be like, where'd she go? And then you go to the other place and you kind of follow her around. And you eventually, is it when you come on, you come on to her in a park and she gets nabbed and then. Oh yeah. And then she gets kidnapped by like three different like cover coded gangs or whatever. There's the, the white, red and blue gang. Yeah. And you have to fight through all them. And then eventually you do find out where Haruka is. Um, and you go back to Stardust, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, when you're introduced to the MIA, which is like the Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. And they come out. They totally are this, the Men in Black, actually. This scene was the first one that I was like, oh, shit. Because this is the first like cut scene where people were trying to kill this little girl. Yeah. And you're like, oh, god damn, is this game going to go there? <laughs> um, But yeah, you end up, that doesn't happen. You know, of course, Kiryu and Date don't let that happen and then you get into a big brawl with all these motherfuckers and might i recommend to anybody listening if you decide to play these games focus on the dudes with guns first yeah for sure get them as quick as possible <laughs> but harga did get a took grazed a bullet in the arm though that's right this is it doesn't that's right she does get it's shot later that yeah okay she does get grazed correct which just infuriated me yeah <laughs> cuz i at this point i would die for that little girl she's so sweet yeah. yeah. So then you get back to Serena after that with Haruka again, and that's when Kiryu finally decides to tell Haruka that Mizuki's dead, her mom, that they found out that she's dead. Um, but then they're like, we can't stay here. Too many people know where they are. So they head to West Park, where the florist is, and they give it, they let them have a place to stay in West Park to kind of keep out of the way of the police and the Yakuza, because they don't go there, because it's kind of a dangerous place. Yeah, and then uh, I believe it was Haruka was like, can we go do something? So you guys end up going, you you end up in a gambling hall, and they're like, no kids allowed, and he's like, it'll be all right, I'm Batman. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The guy's like, no, or no, 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 that's later on when you go into the cat house when he fucking punches a statue and just shatters it and like, yeah, it'll that be fine. Later. But this one, he do just get into a fight with this dealer of this game. Cause you find out that he's rigging the die. Like it has some weird mechanic in there that rolls it to whatever number he wants to. So you have to beat the crap out of everybody in the gambling hall, which is a pretty funny and fun scene. Like a moment of levity you need when this game's gotten so dark at some points. Yeah. Yeah. I would have wished uh, that you could have thrown people, more people through rice walls. <laughs> because those are absolutely rice paper walls and that would have been fantastic um then you go drop haruka off at purgatory and go back to serena which is where you meet up with nishiki 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 you finally have your face-to-face confrontation and he tells you everything just kidding he doesn't tell you that much he tells you a few things he, be- he doesn't tell you everything god yeah, t- it's chapter eight out of 13 now and he doesn't really spill all the beans yeah, I mean, he basically tells you that he didn't mean to shoot, he didn't mean to kill Mizuki. Yeah, it was an accident. Oops. <laughs> and that he was the person that shot Kazuma. And then she's like, I really wish we could have worked together, but this isn't working out how he planned. So he enacts his secondary plan, which he has a group of Nishiyama family members come and challenge Kiryu to a fight. Oh, and as Kiryu's going down the back window, he's met with even more people to fight. God, that that fight was so fun. It reminded me a lot of a scene from Zero. Like, you had to fight out of Serena in Zero also. And, like, I was just like, well, you know what? I've done it before. I'll do it again. Yeah. Eat my ass, dorks. 
Yeah, so it's just another oh. big brawl. And, and at, then that takes you to chapter eight, right? Yeah, and chapter eight is where you go to Purgatory and Haruka is missing and you have to find each of the three gangs that attack Purgatory. Because this is where like Purgatory like gets blown. Like, when Kiryu shows back oh, up, yeah. Purgatory, it's on fire. And he's like, oh my God, and he runs yeah. in there and Haruka is missing. Um, so, yeah, but the, this is an the, important the flashback scene out. happens at the beginning of chapter eight, though. Oh, well, what um, that? Um, no, I was just going to say, my, my little guide thing I'm using to help me through this is does not have that, so please, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. So most of the chapters do begin with a flashback. So this one begins with Nishiki sitting at his desk with that thug that he has been using to help him collect all the debt. That's and, right. Um, so, so this is the point where he finds out where um, this thug got the most recent huge haul, which was enough money to finally cover the bills for his sister. And he's like, oh yeah, I took all this from some doctor who worked out of this hospital. He's like, what doctor? And Nishki just runs out of the building to the hospital and finds that that doctor he promised to do the surgery that he was going to pay for the organ broker was the doctor that got scammed. He just decided to get the hell out of town. So now Nishki has nobody to do the surgery for him. And his sister's pretty much donezo at this point. Oh, see, I didn't take it like that when I saw it. I took it how I took it like Nishki had slowly been making payments or whatever. And then once that doctor got that 30 mil, he paid off his debts and then skipped town. That's what I thought. But I think what you're saying is more correct is that homeboy went and took that money and homeboy was scared and then left. And that's yeah. Oh, fucking a that's even worse. So like this whole plan (laughs) that Nishki had to pay for his sister's surgery Using this guy that he absolutely loathed because he was the guy that could get the money, get it taken care of. Found out that this is how he got screwed over in the end. And really sucks. And that's where that flashback ends. Then it goes to the Kiryu stuff where we were talking about poor little um, Haruka got Haruka. kidnapped again. Again. <laughs> she gets kidnapped quite a lot yeah. in this game. She's like the Princess Peach of this <laughs> shit, except she's like nine years old. Yeah, and we don't need to get really into depth of the, the color gangs. Like, the gangs were the ones that blew up, and they were the ones that you found out ran off with Haruka, and you had to fight through the three color gangs like Lily had mentioned earlier. I, I will mention that I did have to look this up because I could not, for the life of me, find where I needed to go for to find, like, the specific <laughs> people you were looking for. Uh, did you try talking to people ever? <laughs> because they made it... I, I felt like like when you were in the general area of them, you would see that color of gang and like they all the people there would wear the color and be like, here's the bloody eyes or here's the blue oh, no, no, no. Z's. I, I can find, those... find like where the gangs were at, but like when they needed you to go to specific areas to like talk to people, you I would always like... You couldn't find the actual headquarters. Like, Damn it, where gotcha. am I supposed to go? But I, <laughs> I did find it eventually. Just look at like, maps. To be fair, I thought they were all going to be in public parks too, so it was like confused when I, they weren't <laughs> but uh yeah once you kick all the gang's asses uh you get the call from date and i believe the from there you guys end up going to uh is it Yok- yokohama yeah because you find out that oh, she that's right. was basically taken by the snake flower triad which is like, so like chinese mafia and you have to go so you get this really graphic and hard to watch flashback at this point too, because Kiryu does not like the Snake Flower Triad, because this guy named Lao Ka Long basically captured and tortured Kiryu, and the only reason he wasn't murdered was because Kazuma burst in and saved his life by shooting 
everybody in the room at that point, basically. Like, it was a very graphic scene, like Cosmo basically getting crucified. <laughs> and 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 that's why uh, Kazuma has the limp at this point, because Kazuma actually was shot in the leg during that yeah. break-in. And also, it showed off a slight bit of the skills that were hinted at earlier in the game during one of the flashbacks where somebody in front of Kiryu and Nishiki, I think, were mentioning that Kazuma was one of the best assassins mm-hmm. that Yakuza ever had. And Yaku, he was quick to be like, hey, shut up. Like, don't talk about that. And uh, yeah. and then in that scene, when he comes and he fucking like Tomb Raider leaps over that desk and yeah. pow, pow and kills those dudes while in, yeah. he's in midair. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's that assassin skill. He's pro as fuck. So you found out you actually have to leave um, uh, Kamurocho to go to Yokohama to pers- in pursuit of her. And it shows a scene that Shimano, 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 Shimano had been working with the Snake Flower Triad and they were discussing various ways to split the 10 billion yen. Now, this is one of the points in the game that I put on that song Rain. When you were fighting through this big Chinese place and you're just like getting wave after wave of enemies and you'd beat them and beat them and then you go up the stairs and then beat them and beat them and then go through the kitchen and have to fight the chefs yeah, and, and all of that. Like it was just, oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It reminded me of that those fights in Zero where you had to run through mm-hmm. all the hallways and stuff. Yeah, because like that's that's basically chapter nine. It's just this big rescuing of Haruka from the Snake Flower Triad. It's just a big, big old fight scene where you basically show up at this Chinese restaurant and you ask for um, Lao Ka Long, and they're like, nobody here by that name, and they pull out these machine guns, and here he notices and grabs like the um. The greeter at the door pulls him in front of him and just like uses him as a meat shield for the machine guns. <laughs> that dude fucking dead. Yeah, Kiryu doesn't kill anybody. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and th- that's the deadest dude that Kiryu has ever touched. <laughs> and then I believe the the cutscene at the beginning of chapter ten is that the one where Nishiki finally loses his shit on Homeboy. Uh yeah. So like it begins like. Nishki's sitting alone. He's like contemplating, like it looks like he's contemplating seppuku or whatever. He has like this knife and he's holding it to himself and all this stuff. And then that one thug comes in looking for him and he just starts going off again. He's like, what? I got the money. Is that not good enough for you? And at this point, Nishki is just like, nah, fuck this. It takes the knife that he had pointed himself, turns her around, just rams it into homeboy's gut like 16 times. Yeah, and just gets covered in blood. And this is the point where Nishki takes Homeboy's blood and slicks his hair yes. back with it. And I was just like, oh, God. So that's why he started wearing that style. Oh, what a shiver of a fucking... What a bad <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. 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 Pretty graphic. Pretty good. Like, So you see that, that change in Nishki at this point where he's like... Nah, I'm done doing anything for anybody else because nobody ever had my back except for Kiryu always did, but Kiryu's in jail. So, yeah. and there's there and there have been flashbacks that we've skipped over where people just like tell Nishiki how worthless he is, yeah. like uh, that are like higher ups, not just his underlings, yeah. like people that are like Kashiwagi does it, Shimano does it, like so <laughs> yeah. many people. Yeah. Everyone's like, "You're a dumb piece of shit," and I wish you were Kiryu. <laughs> Kiryu's my real son. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and then after those cutscenes, uh, you're back in Serena, and there's like blood stains everywhere. Oh yeah! And this is where you have to uh, you follow the trails of blood 
Um, and I believe once you get to the area, like there's just, you're fighting through a big building with a bunch of people in it as usual. It's like the, the thing in this game, like if there's a fetch quest in a Skyrim type game, in this game, it's running through areas and beating the shit out of people. Right? <laughs> um, I believe like you make your all the, all the way up to the, the roof and you, you end up, uh, help me, help yeah, me out. First, Kazuto. first off, like you get, like the, you find out that like, so when you get back to, um, uh, Serena, you're like on the phone basically, and Shinji warns you that somebody's been leaking information, and so like the florist, yeah, so Shinji calls you That's and lets you know that, and basically the finally the florist calls you too. Is like Reina's the one that's been leaking information in Nishikiyama, which so at this point you find out that Reina has basically been telling Nishiki everything you've been doing since you've been having Haruka and Date come up, like. Nishki knows everything because Raina's been telling him everything. That bitch. Yeah. So you get to the bar and you find that um, it's completely abandoned except for a note that says that Raina had left. Then Shinji calls Kiryu again and lets him know that Raina tried to make up for her mistakes to, and tried to shoot Nishki. Then you realize the two of them are currently on the run together and you're following the. That's when you follow the blood trail. Wait. Yeah, so you're following the trail of Shinji who's bleeding out at that point. Yeah. But that's what you're trying to do. I just remember it ends up culminating in a fight with that dude that had the sweet ass jacket. It was like this really <laughs> like reddish pink suit jacket. Uh, oh, here's his name. Kazuto Arase. Mm. But I can't remember why we were fighting him. Uh, because he basically was going to finish the job and kill Shinji at that point. Okay, so yeah, he was from the Nishikiyama family then. Okay. Yeah, I think it was he was listed as some weird title, like uh, Sergeant of the Nishikiyama family or something like that, which I don't think I saw any other time in the game, but I think he oh, was yeah. listed Oh yeah, to- Tojo Clan Nishikiyama family sergeant. Yeah. Sargento, he was a piece of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you finally get to Shinji, um, that's when Arase arrives, and they like also show you that Reina has been killed at that point yeah. too because Raina was no longer useful and she tried to shoot Nishiki she gets shot there yeah, so then you fight Arase which is maybe the third worst boss fight in the game like third most annoying what was this is the was, gun did he just constantly oh he was the gun he was the two yeah. guns guy okay no that actually yeah that was the second maybe the second worst after Shimano unless you got a third guy you're thinking I do have one I'm thinking of too but like it was just a garbage fight like I eventually got to the point where I could just chase him down in um rush mode and get to him but like it wasn't a fun fight it was just a pain in the butt and not enjoyable but you finally do um win that fight and you get back to Shinji and Shinji reveals that um that Cosmo is with a woman named Akemi and Akemi was Basically, his girlfriend, fiance, whatever you will. Um, he gives you the ring that belonged to Yumi and then just dies on the roof, which is sad because he was a cool character. I really liked Shinji a lot in that in the game. He seemed like it is a bad place to be loyal and have a good fucking heart because Shinji just he seemed like he was loyal and like a decent guy and therefore he had to die. Yeah, I was like. Kiryu's close, one of like Kiryu's closest confidants he still had that wasn't, it was a closer to yeah. his age, you know, than like Kazuma, who was basically his father or one of the higher ups in the clan. It was just Kiryu's homeboy, basically, who joined the yeah. Nishikiyama clan after Kiryu went to jail to keep an eye on Nishiki and all this kind of stuff. 
it clearly looked up to Kirito yeah. too. And I mean, I just, I, that it was really hurtful to see bad things. Yeah, because that was the implication early in the game. It was like him and Kiryu had gotten really close during those years between Zero and before Kiryu went to jail. So it was a real big yeah. punch in the gut for Shinji to go out like that. Agreed. But yeah, the next the next chapter you start off and you're at the florist house with the bodies of Shinji and Reina, and you got to figure out who this Akemi person is because you don't know much beyond that um, Shinji was like, you need to find Akemi because she knows where Kazuma is. This is basically a fetch quest. Yeah, this was an entirely a fetch quest. Like, basically you needed to be able to get to a club called Shangri-La because uh, she's like, but you had to go through all this stuff to get a club card to get into Shangri-La. I was like, I have to do this, 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 to, do this, yep. to buy a card to Shangri-La. Exactly. And Shangri-La is the place where you go in with Haruka and they're like, uh, sir, there's no kids in here. It'll be fine. It's a field trip. And the guy's like, no, it might make some of our customers uncomfortable. And Kiryu just turns and punches this fucking stone statue and just shatters it. And then turns around and is like, it'll be fine. And the guy's like, it'll be fine. So you're absolutely correct. You are you are 100% right. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Before brilliant. this happens, though, like, you get a phone call from Majima, right? And Majima's... Oh, that's right. And Majima's like, okay, Kiryu, I know we talk a lot of goofy shit, but there's these guys tailing you. I need you, without any questions asked, just to get in this um, taxi cab right now with me. And Kiryu's like, Whoa, Majima sounds serious for once in his life. I'd better go. <laughs> so you get in this cab and go with him, and it takes you to the like docks, basically. And this is the one time in the game where Kiryu and Majima fight as a team to fight off all these people who were basically pursuing Kiryu, which I think was Snake. It was ex do it was ex oh, yeah. members who were mad that you killed the yeah, dad, which was a weird thing to do. But anyway. <laughs> even even Majima was like, "You guys have been waiting ten years for this revenge. That sucks, butt balls." <laughs> and yes, he used the yeah, word butt, butt ball, ball, which I thought was extremely funny. Yeah. I've never heard butt ball before <laughs> in my life. I'm going to say it every day <laughs> from now on. But it was a great scene because Kiryu and Majima working together because like those two have been beating the shit out of each other all game long, and finally like Kir- Majima's like, "I got your back, Kiryu. Let's go." It was really um, fun. I, I but then at the end of the fight, which I thought this was really weird of Kiryu, Majima gets shot from behind and falls into basically the end of the, the bay. bay. Yeah, and Kiryu's like, "No, nah, let's go to Shangri La now. Let's leave. Let's leave Majima in there." I was just like, "I got shit to do. Whatever." Like, what? He's like, "I hope Majima's okay, but I can't spend any time looking for him." I'm like, "Really, Kiryu? This doesn't seem like you." Kiryu's probably like, "Yeah, uh, now I don't have to like." fight there there were times i would fight majima and run two blocks and then there he would be and i'd fight him again and i'm sure kiryu was just like you know what if i can avoid that from now on that'd be great <laughs> but that's when you head to shangri-la and you do the punch of the punch the statue apart thing <laughs> this is the chin chan this is uh <sighs> the the girl that you finally find that shinji's girl when you finally are talking to her she refers to him as shin chan which and both me and Dalton could not shake off our thinking about the anime Crayon Shin-Chan, yeah. which, yeah. Hilarious. Like, show that had a hilarious gag dub into English. Very yeah, funny show. Absolutely. Uh, and then once you leave there, you start 
running into waves of Majima's men, right? And like, well, no, what happens here is like once you finally no. get in that conversation, like you find out that um, Kazuma has been moved to a place called Torada by a guy named Shibura. And she also mentions that Sharon Sarah had a will that he is looking after. All of a sudden, this is the first time you hear about this will, by the way. And it's the most important plot point in the entire fucking game. <laughs> yeah, really. Chapter 11 of 13. <laughs> <laughs> that all of a sudden you hear this loud ass crash coming from the lobby That's of the building. Right. And what you see happening in this cutscene is here comes Majima driving through the front door of the building. <laughs> With a fucking garbage truck or something of a kin. Yeah, and you're like. You get down there, and he's, like, all taped up from where he'd gotten shot 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right? Go. And you get just a regular boss fight with Majima. Like, but it was... God, I like Majima a lot, because he's, like, very chaotic. I don't know. Like, if you had to put a D&D, like, chaotic neutral or whatever on him, I don't know. He, he's definitely he's chaotic, absolutely neutral. chaotic neutral. Because, <laughs> like, he's, like, holds this woman at nine points, like, hey, why don't you be my wife? Why don't you be my girl? And she's, like, and he, she's, like, horrified because he's got this knife to her. Like, like if she says the wrong thing, is he going to stab? He's, like, no, I'm already in love with someone. And then Majima just, like, oh, if you're just love with someone, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> just let her go. Because Majima's, like, I appreciate honesty. That's all I want from people is honesty. <laughs> <laughs> and I then think- you fight... Majima here, and this is one of those ridiculous, like, ongoing boss battles where you fight him for, like, the first half of his health bar, and then you punch him so hard the floor caves in, and you end up fighting <laughs> yes. in the basement. <laughs> you could actually pick up pieces of the floor rubble for the rest of the fight and use it as a weapon. It has infinite durability, even. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you get through that fight, and you finally go back to West Park because you get the information that you needed. And you put um, uh, Shinji's body to rest. Like you, she the florist gives Akemi his ashes, which is kind of a sweet symbol. Poor Shinji, I missed that guy already. Right, and then it, and then that rolls into chapter twelve, and then um, you start off in. The, what is the name of the guy? And I should know his name for reasons that we'll get into later. I cannot remember his name. Uh, the guy that helped uh, Kazuma. Shibaru? Was that his name? Shibaru? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I'm looking at I thought that said Shibuya, but it's Shibaru. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was talking about the city that you guys might have gone to. Okay, yeah, Shibaru. Oh, okay. Yeah, he. Uh, you're in the room with him. Uh, dot, not Date, excuse me. Um, Kazuma and then the little girl. And this is when you're on the yacht, correct? And the yacht like starts getting attacked. Tarada's yacht. Yeah. And uh, it starts being attacked by Shimano's goons. So, yeah. of course, they're like, here, you don't get hurt. And he's like, don't worry about me. I'm Batman. And he kicks the door open and goes out mm-hmm. there. And you got to start going through corridors and whipping ass. Uh, and then you end up, I believe you end up in that big on the outside deck. Yeah. With a bunch of dudes. And I'm pretty sure this is the point where I saw a guy who was wielding what, An angle what I would consider a fucking Gears of War weapon. Yes. <laughs> like, like, just yeah. Okay. That guy stuck out yeah. really hard in my head. <laughs> like, everybody's got, like, you know, Wakazashis and or a pistol. And this motherfucker's got, yeah. like, something you would take and use in Doom. Like, this giant spinning saw <laughs> handle. Just yeah. Like, 
It's like a giant circular saw. You're like, what the hell is this guy doing here? So I immediately went for him first, just in case. And oh, just yeah, he looked scary. Took him out. <laughs> but yeah, like, and like, so you're basically fighting the Shimano family with, um, and you have the Kazuma family shows up as reinforcements. Like, what's his? Yeah, Kashiwagi Kashiwagi shows, shows up like a badass. Like, I that love was, that guy. That was very reminiscent. I wonder if the scene in mm-hmm. Zero was like an ode to that. I, I think from it was. The I was thinking that too. Actually, literally scene. shows up to bail you out at a yacht and, again. Uh, and what a time for us to play it, being that apparently you know everyone thinks it's already getting close to Christmas, being that it's November 9th. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when all the when all the guys show up and they're like, "What took you so long?" and he's like, "Dude, it's almost Christmas. I did yeah. what I could as quick as I could." <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. you the biggest present. So I Yakuza could. Kiwami is a Christmas movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm just throwing up a thumb up. I, I genuinely <laughs> so you end up fighting Shimano again and his family. Um, but at some point, like you win the fight, right? And yeah. then, like as Shimano's lying there on the ground, like just had his ass beat. There's a grenade sitting next to him, and Shimano mm-hmm. grabs this grenade and throws it at Kazuma, which it blows up and injures Kazuma really bad. As he like, because he throws it, and Kazuma dies on top of Haruka to yeah. protect Haruka in that situation. And uh, uh, and once that happens, like the rest of Kazuma's group just unloads guns on shimano shimano is plastered dead on the ground at that moment i'm like oh, yeah. damn oh yeah dude like bullet to the head too like there's no coming back from it like no. he's got chest bullets head bullets yeah. leg bullets Ugh, God. Yeah. and this was the second shimano fight i mentioned earlier and it was nowhere near as painful as the first one yeah i agree um and this is the point where cosmo dies right yeah cosmo does die from the wounds from that grenade but he does basically tell you that this money belongs to this guy named Kyohei Jingu, who used the Tojo clan to launder money. He's basically this politician who also happens to be um, Haruka's dad. Haruka's dad and Yumi's yeah, dad. former lover who left them once he had this political ambition. He got an offer basically to marry like the prime minister's daughter or something like that. I think that's literally exactly it, yeah. So, honestly, the Jingu thing sprung up super late. And it kind of felt, like, tacked on. It was not the most best resolved of the plots in the game. Like, I would say that, like, I got a lot more uh, closure out of both Shimano and uh, Nishiki than I did out of Jingu, who just shows Yeah, Jingu sucked. Um, But, like, this is where he gives he gives Kiryu Sarah's will, tells him about Jingu, and admits to Kiryu and asks his forgiveness because he tells him that Sunflower Orphanages, the or Sunflower Orphanage where he was, grew up and everything, is where they sent the children of the people whose parents that Kazuma had assassinated. Fucking brutal. Which is wild then the moment he hears that all he says is, But you're still my dad. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Like, I love that. Like, he's the most loyalist guy Wait, ever. But so sh- cool. uh, Kazuma dies before you can hear that, though. That's why Kiryu shouts it to the sky. He's like, That's you true. are my father! Oyachi! And- Which always, I can't hear that and not think of Dan from Street Fighter. 
Dan from Street Fighter because he yells like, Oyaji at Sagat all the time. Yeah. Man. And then you head into the finale, right, guys? Yeah, and the finale is like, uh, I believe you're in Stardust, and they're kind of like, you know, we'll help you however we can. And uh, you have to talk to Kazuki, right? Yeah, they give you, what, 300,000 300, yen? I was it 300,000? Was it that much? I remember it felt like a very trivial amount at that point. Yeah. yeah I, I want to say it was like 300,000 yen. It was It was literally 300,000. That's the exact number. Because I remember spending more than that just to get the uh, Shangri-La pass. <laughs> I literally gave the guy the 500,000 yeah, he asked for. I did. I, had I, got, I took the middle. I, like, I, took, I paid the 300,000 for it. I was like, money's no object at this point. Who cares? <laughs> I'm not going to get 10 million yen and get the good darts. So I don't care. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so yeah, I believe from there, uh, you get to you have to go to the uh, Millennium Tower, and this is another mm. point where I went on YouTube and I found Rain from Zero because this is what struck me odd. This whole scene of you going up through the Millennium Tower and fighting had no music; it was silence and just you fighting. And I don't know if that was a stylistic choice or whatever, but I was missing some banging music while I was beating ass. So I went and found an extended 30-minute version of Rain and put that on and was like, all right, now he's going to be the mad dragon of Dojima. <laughs> and we're going to go. Th- and I went through and started whipping ass. I was stealing people's pistols and shooting motherfuckers. I, so there are a couple uh, finishing moves in this game that I'm like, they say that Kiryu doesn't kill people. But like I grabbed a dude by his face and then broke his neck. With one hand, just boom, broke his neck. He falls to his knees, and then you kick him in the head. And I'm like, surely that motherfucker is now paralyzed at least. Right, right. The other one is the one by the the wall, where you kick the dude, and then you grab him, and you, like, slam his head into the wall, where it's like his neck bends all the way backwards, and then you kick his head like a super kick. <laughs> I, uh, I have a screenshot of that that I'll pull up, and I'll post in out of context, but... Yeah. Man, like just some of the some of the finishers were just badass, and I was doing a bunch of them during this. And it, one of the things that came in handy during this fight because so many of them had weapons were those moves that you learned, like when the gun people are coming at you that you learned from the old yeah. man in yeah. Uh, Purgatory. Yes, I never went back to him. I I never went back and learned anything else from him. But like the shit that he learned taught me from doing uh, the guns and taking them away from people was super helpful during the end of the game for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're just just being able to throw out a, a naked heat attack against someone with a weapon is yes. so good. Yeah, dude, because it's just a good way to start off letting them know you're in charge here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you fight your way up the Millennium Tower. <clears throat> uh, you end up getting to the very top, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is. what's his name? Uh, Shinju? Was it Shinju? Shinjuku? <laughs> no, that's, that's Shinjuku is a place. Damn it! Why don't? You- um, Jingu, Jingu, Shinjuku. This fight pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this was my least favorite fight in the game. This was okay, number two. Good. For me. So you guys didn't enjoy. You guys didn't enjoy this one a moment either. When the colonels resurrected, yeah. That. yeah. I yep. spent so yep. long yep. taking okay, out the two colonels so who look like uh, characters from Splinter Cell. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, and then it was also uh, Jingu up there. So. They all three have guns, so you're having to deal with that. And so you get like two hits, and you immediately get interrupted, no matter what you're doing, by a move that immediately knocks you down and like costs you control over the game for three seconds. Because it's either a knife or a gun, and either way, you just 
it does the the ringing sound and you get no control yeah, of your it's character. Really frustrating. So and it just happens every three seconds for like ten this minutes. This is a very badly designed boss fight. So I'm I'm assuming both of you did the same thing that I did, which was focus on the colonels, knock yeah. them out, focus on the boss, mm. and then when you get him to half health, the colonels just resurrect with full health. Yep. And you get to do it all over again. And yeah, it sucked. Oh man. Uh but once you finally get through that and you beat the shit out of Jingu, which does feel good, um, some shit goes down where like he had traded alliances and now like the leader of the Dojima clan is Kiryu. Um and this might have happened, some of this might have happened before you fight him for the first time, but I'm just gonna lump it all together. And then like he gets uh Jingu gets shot, I believe, and it's by Nishki and then Nishki's there and you end up having to fight Nishki because Nishki's upset now that you're the head of the Dojo clan and do- the Dojo Dojima clan and no 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 you're not the head of Dojima you're the head of Tojo you are the fourth yeah. chairman oh. now oh okay yeah yeah you're right okay you're so you're the yeah. head of the entire basically Tokyo mafia the now. fourth chair at least <clears throat> so there was a story in the beginning about like Nishki getting the koi and here you're getting the dragon it's the story of the koi the legend and it's why in uh pokemon magikarp evolves into gyarados it's because the koi swims yeah. upstream and once it finally reaches the you know the point upstream where it can no longer go any for the koi turns into a dragon and that's the the uh lore from you know J- japanese mythology and uh so it was really cool scene where you know kiryu rips his shirt off and it shows that dragon tattoo and then Nishki rips his jacket off and he's got the koi tattoo and then it does that that face the thing that's on the cover the, the mm-hmm. side the side yeah. face of each of them which by the way they did a good job on the pores on the skin and stuff like the skin looked really good there there were some other cutscenes in this game that looked like remastered ps2 cutscenes, <laughs> and i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i fucking loved it i was like look at those blocky fucking shit so it was great but uh Nishki, dude this was a hard fight not that not that I lost, but like I used a lot of items healing myself yeah. fighting him because he had a lot of I, I started to get I started to get worried about my inventory because I got down to about four healing items by the time I'd beaten it. Yeah. He he was nothing he's like Wu Tang clan. He was nothing to fuck with. Yeah. And this kid finally learned how to fight. <laughs> yeah. And then uh you finally you know, you beat Nishki and I'm trying to remember the last the last few cutscenes, like uh so Shingu shows back up and he shoots Kazuma, right? What? And then Kiryu. Oh yeah, what? I'm sorry. Kiryu. <clears throat> Kiryu. I'm Kazuma Kiryu. Yeah. Kazuma. Right. Um so he shoots Kiryu and like he's gonna kill him and he's gonna shoot the little girl and then he shoots Yumi instead. And Yumi had like opened this vault. The vault has the ten billion yen. She's like, This money shouldn't exist, so I'm gonna destroy it. She doesn't put a she bomb has a fucking in bomb in a suitcase. She puts with? the bomb in there. Yeah, yeah it's silly. And then she like she comes walking out. She gets shot because she blocks a bullet from hitting the daughter who is blo- trying to block a bullet from hitting Kiryu. Yeah. And the dude uh, Shingu walks over. He holds a gun to Kiryu's head. Kiryu's still like, "I'm Batman." He's just not gonna like show any emotion other than like anger. He's got the gun to his head. All of a sudden, Nishiki appears. He's got that fucking Wakazashi, and he just runs up and sticks it in Homeboy's stomach and just pulls up a little bit and pushes him into the fucking vault. Yeah. And then, and then, Nishiki takes a pistol, and he's like, I'm going to end this here. I'm going to make sure that this guy never hurts anybody again. And he 
I think he's going to shoot him in the head and walk out. And then he aims the gun at the fucking bomb and tells Kiryu, like, get them out of here. I'm sorry. Kiryu's like, don't do it. And he's like, basically, just like, I have to do it. You don't. Look well, at me. I am Batman now. Boom. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, he just, he fucking blows himself up. And I'm like, bro, I was hoping to see you mature over some games. Honestly, he <laughs> We lost a lot of people yeah, in this game. But honestly, at the end of this game, Nishiyama was irredeemable to me. Like, everything... What he did at the end didn't even come close to making up for the bullshit he caused through the story of this game. Like, I understand that he went through a lot, and it was his character arc, and this is how he had to go out to try to redeem himself. But all the blood in his wake, all the great characters that died because of him, he's irredeemable, unforgivable. Like, I don't feel bad that he's gone. After, because they can never have made this character favorable in my eyes again. Yeah, and but before we touch on the very end, I think this is a good point to bring up what I've been talking about with you guys, which is how do you think we would have viewed this differently had we not played Zero first? And then, like, <clears throat> so say we played this before Zero, going back and seeing Nishikiyama and Majima the way they were in Zero. Do you think that it would have been more impactful, or? Do you think playing Zero and seeing them that way first and now seeing how they've continued to be on in the rest of the series was a better way to go about it? I think personally that I'm glad I played Zero first because I got attached to Nishki. I got really attached to Nishki playing Zero and I felt hella betrayed by Nishki in this game. Like I love Nishikiyama. Nishikiyama was like probably my favorite character in Zero non-playable character in zero at least like i love the guy i thought he was the best and then just to see his descent and turning into this evil piece of shit in this game it like broke my heart and by the end of it i was like yeah i don't feel bad for you anymore <laughs> like you're what you've done is worse than what happened to you <laughs> and being that they added a lot of the cutscenes and stuff to just add from what you know players took from zero um i think that's a kudos to the the writing yeah is you know making you hate Nishki, but also makes it pull at your heartstrings because you remember the good guy that he was before all this shit happened, and you kind of watch his descent into madness, like you said, and it yeah. kind of it's fucking sad. He didn't just jump from being like Yakuza Zero, your sworn brother, to being like this monster. Like there is a great transition over the course of it where you learn to hate him because he is given his soul away and like i feel like playing the games in that order really helped for that like i loved nishikiyama and i felt so betrayed by him and just the fact that i was able to hate him at the end of this game says a lot about the writing in this game like i literally had to mourn the person that nishikiyama was you know like because i was so attached to him in zero and just for this to have happened like this was like it broke my heart (laughs) so uh, then Y'all basically agree with me that because I I agree that I think that playing zero first set us up for the best reaction that we could have had to this game. I agree. And I think that's the way they intended it this time. They knew zero came out and they built Kiwami based from the first game, but also building off of what they put together in zero. Like it's a retelling from the perspective of somebody that's played zero in my opinion, especially I think that's Oh, go ahead. I was just because I think that that seems really accurate. That seems really, like, I think that they built this game to be equally enjoyable from someone who played Yakuza from the start as someone who just joined up Zero. And 
Zero was the entry that brought a lot of new eyes to the series. Mm-hmm. So that's a smart decision, in my opinion. Yeah, same. So the part of the ending that really pulled at my heartstrings, and I don't know if it's because of like the, the, the love that I've discovered recently and things, but like when they were that last moment when he's holding Yumi, which by the way, you do find out that uh, Mizuki and Yumi are the same person. She's not dead, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we forgot yeah. to mention that part. There's a lot of plot, guys. Yeah, there is a lot of plot. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Adam. I felt like we were hella over explaining the plot, and then I realized we could spend another 30 minutes talking about the plot. And yeah. <laughs> so, basically, this is the girl that Kiryu's always loved, and it's also the mother of this girl, this little girl. So, Kiryu's holding her, and he's like, you know, I, I've been waiting for you. I've been, I love loved you since the day we met, yada, yada, yada. I saved this ring for you. And she's like, you kept that? And he pulls out the ring from the beginning of the game that's engraved with her name. And he's like, yes, I kept this for you. So she unlocks the locket that the little girl has had the whole game. And everybody's wanted this fucking locket. And it opens up and there's just a picture of Kiryu in there. And she said, I kept this locket so I could look at it and always remember you. After I got my memory back, I didn't want to forget you. And then she got the tattoo on her chest, which is the queen of the night flower. Which is, I think, supposedly supposed to grant a wish, <clears throat> and uh, her her wish with that tattoo was that she would get to spend one more night, or at least see Kiryu again. And she got her wish, and then she dies in his fucking arms. And it's like, oh, that's so fucking sad. Yeah, <laughs> like this was game rough. was just like sad, 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 sad. There at the end, it was just hitting you with some sad shit. It does pop up at the po- the post credit scene is nice and happy, but like. God damn. Well, yeah, like the whole thing at the end is like the cops show up and they're like going to arrest Kiryu again. And Kiryu's like, fine, arrest me. And Date shows up. I have nothing. He literally is like, I have nothing. I've lost the woman I love. I lost my brother. I lost my father. Like everything. My father. And then Date's like, Kiryu, what the fuck do you think is going to happen to this little girl if you go to jail right now? Yeah, she's going to be alone again. And so Kiryu found something to keep going for, which was Haruka. So he basically adopts him, adopts her, I mean, as his own daughter. Yeah. So which it makes a poetic sense that it was from his beloved's daughter. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. man, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. And then the, the ending where, like, I was kind of sad that she was like, no, I don't want to keep the dog. We yeah. can just leave it here. Maybe it'll find its mom. I'm like, bitch, take the dog. <laughs> Are you are you kidding? The most perfect bow on the end of this game would have been Kiryu walking away with that little girl, and she was holding that little Shiva Inu puppy. That would have been perfect, but no. Instead, it ended with just them walking away. Fuck that dog. Yeah. Is, is Santa real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it pops up, and it just starts rolling credits. And uh, what a good game. Uh, but the bizarre thing about when it starts rolling credits is the song choice that plays during the credits. For some reason, it's Amazing Grace. I was like, yeah. what? Okay. Sung in, sung in English by a Japanese singer who is pretty good at English. <laughs> Very good yeah, singer. Pretty good at English, too. Not great, but pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, it was a, just a good experience. Uh you want to do ratings? Yeah, let's rate it. Let's rate it. So, 
What did we give Yakuza Zero? Because that is I'm high. pretty sure I gave it a ten. I think we all just gave it solid tens, tens didn't we? Board, I think it got right. tens, tens, tens across yeah. the board. Yeah. Um So I think I might be the hardest on this game ooh. out of all of us. I I think d- despite the oh. fact that this game was a phenomenal follow-up to Yakuza Zero, it didn't quite do enough to distance itself from really bad gameplay decisions that they probably made back in the day that they really should have fixed. In the end, I'm really happy I played this game, but I'm going to give it eight and a half. Okay. That's not as bad as I thought you were about to say. Um, I will say this game... What the hell did you think? I, think I was going to give no, it a five? I didn't think you were going to go that bad. I thought you were going to go like seven and a half at rate. Um, but the thing about this game is I was actually really surprised. I don't know if we've really mentioned this, but it actually looked and played better than Yakuza 0, which I didn't expect at all. I thought it was a much better looking game, and I thought it played smoother, too. And I... Outside of yeah, boss fights. Well, yeah, you know. But and I also think it was an improvement mechanically over Yakuza 0 in every single way. The... Mm. You know what? You're right. I'm going to upgrade my mind. <laughs> it's like, mechanically, it was an improvement to Yakuza 0 in every way. Where it failed to me a little bit, fail is a really harsh word that I don't mean, was story. The story can't live up to what happened in Yakuza 0. Like, But Yakuza 0 felt like a culmination of everything and what people wanted to see from Yakuza to learn about the beginnings of Kiryu and Majima. And the fact that you got that in 0 and you had such an intertwined story where the two characters didn't even really meet, which was a brilliant decision in that game. I'm basically just reviewing Yakuza 0 right now, just to basically <laughs> say that Yakuza Kiwami was a great game, but the story could not live up to 0, and it's uh, nine, out of, 9 baseball bats out of 10 dragons. 9 bats out of 10 dragons. Agreed. Mr. So, Suter? I liked this game, but... The hell? With, I know, right? The hell you say. <laughs> but the... I guess the the fact that it's shorter because it's a, it's a remake of an older game and the fact that it takes place in the same city and the fact that Yakuza 0 was so goddamn good. Yeah. This felt like a DLC to me. Ooh. And I don't mm. mean that in a bad way. I just mean like this didn't feel like a fully fledged Yakuza game. This felt like another story. And, and it might be that all the rest of the games are going to feel like that because they all take place in Kamurocho. Right, so it might just be that it's going to feel like a continuation of the last thing. Um, I do think that the combat was more fluid and the graphics were smoother. Um, but you guys both know I'm very, very big on story, and as good as this game's story was, it did not grab me the way that Zero did. Um, I did really feel for the little girl, and I have a soft spot for that. Um, but I'm giving this an eight and a half. So, um. Because I think that there's room for improvement over the rest of the series, but I'm going to give it an eight and a half with the caveat that if we play the rest of them and none of them really live up to zero, that I'm giving this a nine in retrospect. But I don't think now, any of them are going to live up to zero. I think I think six. I think six, I think six and Kwame two are both going to be good. I think three, four, five are going to be a rough patch, and then we'll be in for uh, judgment and lost judgment, and then uh, like a dragon. No, 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 no. We're going to like oh, a yeah, dragon Yeah, no, first, I know that. Right? Yeah, I want to play like a dragon bad. Absolutely do. We might do seven before we get around to six unless one of us absolutely binges the fucking... I wouldn't be opposed to that because it's a separate story. It is a separate story. Doesn't it call back to the other ones too, though? 
Ooh, that's a possibility. So I do worry about playing like a dragon before six. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get. I really don't want to get spoiled on six. Though, so, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll, I will ask people that I know they're more expert about the series than us. Um, um, but yeah, man, and then like that that spin off the yeah. the man who forgot his name or whatever. Uh, that's yeah. oh. and Ishin. I want to play Ishin. That the looks really cool. Game. Uh, the the man forgot his name is what happens with Kiryu between Yakuza six and then Yakuza eight, which is going to be dual protagonist Kiryu and Ichiban. I'm down. So so that's much crazy. Yakuza. Yeah, buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like like we mentioned earlier, this is going to be like you know playing through the Legend of Heroes series or playing all the ease games or like just these massive series that's like there's so many of them but they're all fun in their own way and it's just gonna be a blast i can't wait to do it with you boys well, hell, I mean, hell yeah yeah i don't mind if it gets more concentrated ben i really i'm already ready to jump right back into yeah <laughs> this like, is a yakuza podcast now sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah later haters so do you want to uh go ahead and run through the listener questions I think it's time to hit those fan questions up and buckle in. We have a few of them tonight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you guys make no, I'm taking a break so I can use the bathroom yeah. real quick and get yeah. some more water? Uh, you guys just chitty chatty for a second. I'll be back chitty, in less chitty, bang, bang, chitty, 45 chitty, bang, bang, seconds. We love you and our chitty chitty bang bang chitty chitty bang bang loves us too. You're not editing this out, are you? Oh, probably not because I mean, if we're just quiet then chunk it silence and take it out. I have something we can talk about real quick. So something yeah. I want to know, how, the fishing mechanics in Sonic Frontiers, while we're yeah. waiting on Willie to come back, what's it like? It's very rudimentary. It's not anything in depth. So like the fishing in Sonic Frontiers, it's basically um, you cast out the line and you wait for a bite. You hit the button when you get a bite. And then like you get the circle that's around and a smaller circle on the inside starts kind of going out around it and you have to time it to where the circles line up with each other and you pull it in the fish. So it's not like a big in-depth fishing mechanic, but it's just enough to make me happy. Well, I love the super serious like screenshot you sent of Sonic's eyes when he catches a fish. <laughs> like that's super funny. Yeah, that definitely reminded me of Yakuza <laughs> in a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. of ways. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now it's time to go to the mailbag, kids. So our first listener question this week comes from our dear friend, Aries or Adam. Have you ever had a significant other that loves games as much as you do? No. I don't know if as much as I do is exactly right, but I did at one point date a girl who played the living shell on my copy of Dragon Quest VIII, and that's where it is now, <laughs> so I would love to play Dragon Quest VIII. But she has it, so... <laughs> Rip. Thank you, person who I'm not Rip. going to name. <laughs> um, I never did until now. Nice. Like, uh, oh. Megan's a gamer, so that's nice. Um, but other than that, no, man. Yeah. So when I was with Savannah, she told me that she was a a gamer, and what she should have told me was, I like Super Mario Bros. Three and only Super Mario Bros. Three, <laughs> and I only want to play Super Mario Bros. Three, and I'm gonna scoff at you anytime you play anything else. It's a good game, but it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Me and they literally said it's a good game at the same time. Wait, I, I feel I'm lucky if I can get Kayla to play more than like four races of Mario Kart with me at a time. So, oh, she used to be big on that. Splatoon yeah, she did get shit, into Splatoon though. there for a while. I couldn't get her into Splatoon two though, and we haven't bought Splatoon three because I'm mostly a PC gamer these days. So, <laughs> uh, we've, we've we've good. Him. Right, this one comes in from Adam. 
now that Elon has bought Twitter, are we going to reach out to him for a sponsorship? <laughs> no, he's going to charge us for trying to talk to him. Right. He's going to make us pay $8 a month so we can tweet about our podcast. <laughs> I will strangle him with I my would, bare hands. So I would piss question? off if he was on fire. Anyway, this next question comes from <laughs> Fenris. There are so many games getting the remake treatment. What is your game that you want so bad that but you'll feel it'll never happen for a remake. Ooh, the fantasy remake. The Kiwami of any game we could possibly get. Get the Final Fantasy VII remastered. Dalton, what's Final Fantasy VIII? I have, I have two answers. Nate just gave away one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Final Fantasy VIII would be great. You could flesh out the garden story more, the seed story, uh, the sorceress. There's so much you could flesh out if they had more time and space. Um, my mm. other one... Now, this could either be you could do it like Kiwami 1 and 2 or uh, remaster them and then put them together on one disc where you could just select one or the other and play through is Persona 2 Part 1 and 2. So Persona 2 Innocent Sin and Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. Mm. Right, because Persona 2 is two yeah, different games. Yeah, and then right. in- Innocent Sin is Part 1. Uh, and that's and that's the one that like Innocent Sin. Which part has Hitler in it? That's the first game. I think that's the first oh. game where Hitler's an enemy that you fight. I was really expecting Nathan to react to that. I've heard all. it before. Nate's like, oh, Hitler's in Persona? It makes sense <laughs> to me. Um, but Innocent Sin 1, or Part 1, didn't come out over here on PlayStation, but Part 2 did. And then when they remade them oh, okay. for PSP, Part 1 came out over here, but Part 2 didn't. Okay. So it's like... Okay. So we don't have a complete Persona yeah. 2 in yes. America. So I would really gotcha. love for them to just go ahead and localize that first game again. Remaster both of them. Even if they leave the, the 2D graphics, I don't give a fuck. Just put them on a fucking somewhere where Fantastic. I can play them. You're giving us Persona 3, 4, and 5. Just give us 1 and 2. Parts 1 and 2 as well. Just like Persona, Persona 2, Parts 1 and 2. And they just give us all of them. We're all, we're going to buy them. It's money, Atlas. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, you guys, your answers? That's a good, that's a great answer. Uh, great answer. For me, it's literally any um playstation playstation 2 era dragon quest game i want to play dragon quest 7 and 8 remastered like look look how well 11 has done for that series like everybody loves dragon quest 11 give me 8 again let me be yangus being a goober (laughs) i love yangus he's let me be yangus in high def let's go (laughs) i agree and 7's one that i've always been interested in because i've heard it so goddamn long yeah yeah, it's a super. I, I played it on the PS One for a while, and I never even got close to finishing it. Um, Nate, you're gonna have to wipe off your chair after this, but you know how Super Castlevania Four is basically a remake of Castlevania yes. One. What if there was a 16-bit-ish version of Castlevania Three? Uh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, we're gonna have to wipe <laughs> off his chair. That would be really good. Hear me out. I would really love that game. That would be the ultimate Castlevania, right? Take a Castlevania game and do it how they did like Wonder Boy, where they Mm. hand drew all the graphics. You could switch the remake graphics on and off off if you wanted. So like it could look hand drawn and badass, or you could go back to the NES and how that looked if you wanted. That'd be amazing. That's actually sick. It's a dope idea. Love that, dude. This one's from Kana. The flip side. A game you never want to see remade because it doesn't need it. Dragon Quest Eight. I'm just typing. I'm standing on punch you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> it already got remade. The DS okay, version. PC it. PC it. <laughs> yeah. 
It should. They they really do need to make Dragon Quest for PC. So a game I really don't want to see a remake. Hmm. That's a tough question because like I think what game would be killed by being remade? I think it has to be a game that was just so perfect the first time because it was such a snapshot of its moment in time that you couldn't even do it better today like the guardian legend or something like that you know um star tropics don't make another star tropics star tropics 2d would suck i'm gonna say two games for two different reasons one chrono trigger because as much as i think that that would be cool if they redid it like they did like trials of mana Mm. people are gonna find reasons to hate it chrono trigger was also the perfect rpg so my other answer is Final Fantasy VI. And my reasoning for that is the same thing. Is that they could not do that without upsetting people in some way. And I also don't know how that game would hold up to people who don't have nostalgia glasses for it. Because I was playing it through the Let's Play for the JRPG report. And I stopped doing that because I ran out of time. I just don't have the time for it anymore. And I feel bad about that. But also, like, it got to the point where I was having to make myself play that game. And I know that is fucking blasphemy. Arcader has just unsubscribed. <laughs> like, because he went on a whole thing about how much he loved that game. And I had fun with it. But it just, while I played, I had fun. But while I wasn't playing, I had no inclination to play it. I'll put it this way with Final Fantasy VI. I need to play it again. And maybe it'll do the same thing Seven did for me. Where I will like it more now than I thought. think I will. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my problems with Final Fantasy VI are more spiritual than actually yeah. with the game. But, like, Final Fantasy VI literally had the Pixel remake that came out, like, months ago. Obviously, that's yeah. not what we're talking yeah. about here, but the Pixel remake is just and, months and old. And people bitched about it. Yeah. A lot know. of people oh, bitched oh, about it. The they only problem about I, the font. The Literally, the only problem I have yeah, is I've the font. I've heard people complain about the font. Um, some people just said that they preferred the classic sprite look. They didn't like how they had done it in the new one. <laughs> But they said the same thing about the mobile Then you go ports. play the old game! Like the, the Steam version. Then go play the old game. Uh, that I have is the is the mobile port. You can't even buy the one that I have anymore. <laughs> they don't sell it anymore. But uh, I don't mind the sprites the way they look. But that's just me. I don't have that nostalgia for the original Super Nintendo, you know, graphics. Um, so, up next from Fenris. What is the one game you have on your wish list that you really want that you always say that you'll buy if it goes on sale but it never do. Uh, a game you always want to go on sale? No, I think what it's asking is a game that's been on your wish list for no, a long okay. time that you say you're going to buy, then you never do. You'll buy, oh. Oh. That you never do buy it rather than it never do go on sale. Okay. I, okay. I misread it. I, I know. Uh, oh, well, the way I read it, I was immediately thinking of Dark Souls for Nate. Dark Souls never <laughs> yeah, goes on they, sale. Nate's wanted to get the... Dark Souls remastered. The reason I haven't bought it is because it has not gone on sale since I put it on my wish list. (laughs) Um, Games that I have had on my wish list for a long time that have gone on sale multiple, multiple times that I just have not bought, though. Tekken 7 and Street Fighter (laughs) 5. Like, I would like to play them, but then I see it's on... Tekken 7's on sale literally right now for $13.49. I'm not going to buy it now. Even though I want to play it, I'm just like... I have a lot of other things that I'd rather be playing, TBH. Yeah. Also with fighting games, too, it's like you need you need at least like a couple buddies that play the same game or it's going to yeah. be a little rough. Oh, I don't really use my wish list, so I got nothing on this. Uh, like, I have a wish list on Steam. It has like four games and it's just random shit. I clicked it on at one point. So, two that jump out to me. Ooh, Gesundheit, my friend. Um, the two that jump out to me are Sirius Sam 4 and Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. 
Oh, Mountain Blade 2. I, uh, nice. I want both those games really bad, and I've seen them go on sale a few times and just been like, ah, I'll wait till they're a little cheaper. You know. And they never get and cheaper, huh? So far, they haven't. <laughs> but, I mean, I think Mountain Blade 2 is still relatively, relatively uh, expensive. I mean, I'm sorry, new. Um, the... <laughs> New expensive same, same words, honestly. But dude, uh, the Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky is the third is thirty dollars, mm-hmm. not on sale. Jeez. So I definitely wait for those games to go on sale as well. Usually the uh, the yearly JRPG sales they go up. Yeah, I mean that she, Trails in the Sky the third. What when did that come out? Two thousand seven. No, hold on. The third came out. Oh, hold on, I scrolled past it. Uh, I mean that's been a so the while. release date of Trails in the Sky the third. Oh, this is going to give me the release date on Steam, but it's uh, May 3rd, 2017. Seven, yeah, that can't be the original release. Then. That'd be the uh, PC version rather than whatever the yeah. first release was. I'm not sure what the first release was. I guess I can look it up. Fuck it. Rails the... I want to say it was on PSP, Google. so it would have been that era. 2007. I said it right oh, the then, first time. Was it the first... Came out June twenty eighth, two thousand seven. Oh, okay. So then it was the first game that came out earlier, than, or the uh, second game, first and second game were earlier in two thousand seven. That's right. That's right, because they were early two thousands PC games in Japan. Yeah. Okay. We got there. We got there eventually. We know things. But yeah. Okay. So let's see. What do we got next? You want to take it back over, Nate? You want me to keep going? I don't know where we are. Sorry. So go ahead. Oh, okay. And take no. The next okay. Question. Uh, we were uh, the the next question was from Team Retrogue, and the question is. What would you say to someone who has an amazing backlog of games but can't stop playing Final Fantasy fourteen? And usually what I would say is I take <laughs> I mean stop playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, I can speak to someone from experience of this. Uh, my, my best suggestion is the same advice I gave to you on Yapspot about this is pull the needle out of your arm. Just unsubscribe. If you want to, if you're enjoying the game, fuck it, just play. But like, if you want to get around to your backlog, the only way that you're going to get around to it is either A, you stop playing Final Fantasy 14 and play your backlog, or B, start a podcast playing through your backlog. <laughs> That'll force you. C, just go play Terraria. You don't <laughs> actually, you don't ever get around to your backlog, but you end up playing Terraria, so win-win. From my experience, I've had games where I have sunk a lot of time into that when I finally stopped playing, my life got better. Like, I used to spend, like, at least three hours a day playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And, yeah. And when I stopped doing that, I was like, oh, man, video games can be fun. So, I don't know if you have that same issue with Final Fantasy XIV where it's just not fun anymore, but you're grinding it because you're that's part of your life. Yeah. If it is, stop. <laughs> the, funny, the funny part is Nate would message me when he's playing Super Smash Bros. He was just hating it the entire time. He's like, oh, I've run into another character that I freaking hate fighting against. This guy sucks. This isn't fun. I'm not having a good time. I'm like, please just go play soccer yeah. or something, dude. You could be having fun in yeah. life. <laughs> so the next question is similar to one we already answered, um, but I'll go ahead and read it anyway from Team Retro. What is a retro game that you want to see have a complete and total remake? I'm sticking with and Dragon Quest Eight. <laughs> uh, I'll toss out the one that I tossed out on Yab's pod. So I would like to see a a remaster and I don't know how they would do it if they wanted to do it 3D style like they did Trials of Mana. I don't want to see the re- 7 remake. It doesn't need to be that level. It can be double A, you know what I'm saying? But the Actraiser trilogy. So like Actraiser, Illusion of Gaia, Terra Enigma and put them out in a collection, you know what I mean, and just have people buy them and I think that would be a blast. 
Hell yeah. I would like to see Hexen, which is probably the Doom Doom Engine game that people like the least. And just update the shit out of it. Like, just just make it not suck, because there's some really cool ideas in the game, but there's some really bad <laughs> ones. I own uh, Heretic, Hexen, and Hexen 2, I believe. I haven't even played Hexen 2 before, actually. Um. So the next one's from Team Retro. Uh, what are you most... What are you most looking forward to in your journey to play all the Yakuza games? Honestly, just more of Kiryu being Kiryu and Majima being Majima. I don't need anything else but for those two characters to be themselves because they are both perfect in their own ways. I've never felt yeah. like that attached to two like characters that keep appearing in the same series over and over again as I have for Kiryu and Majima. Like, God, these guys. I love them so much. <laughs> um, I concur with that. I, I agree. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing how the bro ship would ev- evolve over the games between Nishiki and Kiryu. Sad. <laughs> I thought that Obviously, might last longer. That too, is not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So now I'm very curious as to what's going to happen with this girl. Okay. Haruka. Yeah, what does Haruka, what happens yeah. with Haruka next? I guess I, I I absolutely love the cast of characters we have already, but I am really stoked to see how it feels to play the JRPG style like a dragon. Like, that seems like it's going to be really neat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. And you know me, I love JRPG, so I'm like... yeah biting at the bullet to get to that yeah I, I honestly think that like a dragon even though nathan has never played it and will not play it for another year and a half or so i already think it might be his favorite wow. game of all time. <laughs> I, there's a lot going for it 100 it feels like a real possibility i mean yeah the main character is basically you he's he's a dragon quest stand <laughs> <laughs> there's a cart racing wow. game. there is a cart racing game in it. <laughs> um so from paul of the wayward cross if you could if you could put Kiryu <laughs> or Majima into any other game, which one do you think would be the most fun? Okay, I would put Majima into every other game ever made, period. I don't care how much sense it makes or doesn't make. You're just halfway through Celeste and all of a sudden he bumps you <laughs> off the I was actually thinking something very similar, like, what if there was just a Majima-style character in a Sonic game where Sonic... <laughs> Machima all the time, yeah, all the like, time. You're just playing Sonic Frontiers, and here's—I don't even know what kind of creature he would be. He's not a hedgehog, but Majima just pops up, and you have to fight Majima right then and there. He would be a snake. Oh, he? that's so good. He would be a one-eyed snake. Oh wait, wait. Hey, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that innuendo was always intended the moment they invented this character <laughs> to the game. Well, I'm it's slow like- and stupid because I didn't catch that. <laughs> It's like ukulele when you meet the snake wearing pants and his Trou- name is Trouser. Yeah, Trouser Snake. Motherfucking Trouser Snake. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, hmm. Man, I, I put some thought into this earlier and I, I came up with one that I thought was really cool and now I've done damn forgot. So imagine. Dragons. Y- you load up. Sh- Radioactive. Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Shout out the hedgehog and the colossus. And on that, on aggro, the horse comes riding in is just Kiryu. <laughs> and you go up against all these monsters that are like kaiju. And what does he do? He just like punches them. And you just sit there and you just have to combat yeah. them. And then it becomes like a war of the monsters game. But it's just <laughs> Kiryu fighting. Um, also, 
I really do feel like the story of Shadow of the Colossus would have been 0% different if Kiryu <laughs> was the main character. Genuinely, he would have done the exact same thing. I would like to play a collect-a-thon as Majima. <laughs> like a Jack and Daxter oh. style game where you're just like... Majima Zooey. <laughs> Majima Zooey. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, or like a Dude, Metal Gear game with one of them. Kiryu and Majima are Banjo-Kazooie. So you just have Majima popping out of your backpack as you're Kiryu running through trying to collect everything. Occasionally he still fights Majima. (laughs) Oh man, okay. From Laxby, who would be your favorite antagonist from the Yakuza series? Or if you that's unfair. We already have tipped our hand, really. I'm not sure I consider him an antagonist. So. He's maybe a dude. He's an anti hero. He's an anti. Yeah, you know, I'll take anti hero. Are we all actually. talking about purple purple jacket guy from Zero? I was talking about Majima. Oh, okay. I was thinking of. Uh, what was his name? Uh, the one who ended up going out like a hoss. Awano. Awano. Yeah. Oh, Awano, I really like yeah. Awano. He's more of an anti-villain. Yeah, but they, he still can't. I thought we count him as a villain because he is one of the three major yeah. antagonists in that game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So That's a good answer. his part two, because I'll just throw this in here anyway. What would be your favorite Sega antagonist? Favorite Sega antagonist. Damn, that is a I'll start with the Yakuza part two. Uh, mine is Lieutenant Kuze from Yakuza Zero. I just love everything about Kuze. Yeah. He's just honor bound, straight up, real ass Yakuza. He didn't give a shit about any of the politics. He just wanted to do what he was supposed to do as a lieutenant in the Yakuza. And he was damn good at it. <laughs> just Kiryu was better. <laughs> like, <laughs> and-, and when he comes down to it and he's like coming up at you in your face and he's just like, dude, you beat my ass last time. I've got to try to beat your yeah. ass this time. Like, that is so yeah. respectful. Kuze so was just the Yakuza's Yakuza. And I I, he didn't die True. in Zero, did he? Because I would like to see him again. I, I think Awana was the actually. only one that did, when I think about it. Awana got murdered. Yeah. Kuze Yakuza. Damn, I gotta look it up, because if he's not dead, what the fuck happened to him? Maybe he just retired yeah. or something. Uh, my Sega one's gonna be kind of basic, period. Because I can't go against Eggman. I love Dr. Eggman, like... Sonic antagonist, you can't really fuck with it. That's <laughs> fair. Now, is is Robotnik and Eggman the same person? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yes. I mean, Dalton, you can reach back into the whole Atlas library too for your answer for the Sega one. I know my my answer should just pretty much be God. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Kuzai ends up becoming a okay. civilian. Is the best guess given by okay. the Yakuza Wiki. Yeah, I mean, God is. A pretty big antagonist, true. I mean, there's so many JRPGs that you play, and at the end, you're just fighting God. And I know I can think of like uh, one Sega game in particular that that happens. So I'll just yeah, that's God. Uh, Who's that? My least favorite heard. antagonist in a Sega game is Vincent from Catherine. <laughs> fuck that game and fuck that guy. <laughs> That really is the worst. The guy. only thing good out of Catherine is that game like semi spawned the art style for Persona Five. Like that's the only redeeming yeah. quality of Catherine <laughs> to me. My favorite, uh, my favorite uh, Sega antagonist. <laughs> One day she will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, hey, Willie, did you give your favorite Yakuza 
I said it was it was really obviously oh, okay. Majima. Okay. Um. So the next one's from Madokin Queen, old Steph, and I feel like this one's directed at me. It is. When will you play a video game with me again? Well, here's the thing, Steph. For one, I don't think you're listening to this. For two, <laughs> stop playing Dead um, by Daylight and play a game that's fun. <laughs> I would love to play like Devour or Boomin or Inside the Backrooms or uh, what was the other one that we really liked? It was the the Tomb one. Starts with an I. Mario. Ah, uh, doesn't matter. Um, it, I'll play any of those games. But here's the thing: I usually work during the day when you like to play. If you would like to play at like ten o'clock at night, eleven o'clock at night, I'm all for it. You just got to pull a late nighter one night and let me know. I'll wrangle in some people. I'll wrangle in these two or I'll wrangle in Megan. Something We'll figure something out. We'll play. But like playing at two or three o'clock in the afternoon just usually ain't going to work for me because I'm usually at work. So, yeah. The next question comes in from Jeff. El Jefe. Hi, Jeff. What was the last series that hooked you like Yakuza did? Is it Trails and Persona? Probably Trails. Oh, shit. Well, that was probably. And, and I'm going to agree with Willie. Is it's probably trails for me. I don't know about you, Nate. Uh, I can't say I'm hooked into it yet because I only played one game. Um, we'll see how. It... But I'm really committed to yeah, wanting to I, know. I, I do want to play next, second chapter, you know? but like right now, I'm like I like it a lot, and it has the potential. But I think the last series, it's not Dragon Quest. Yeah, it's for Dragon you, Quest right? for me. Like Dragon Quest, the last game that really hooked me and yeah. made me want to do everything about it. Okay. Oh, so that was your pick too. I just meant that trails. Yeah, was but no Dragon, Dragon Quest is my pick. Yes. Think... I think so that's a great pick. A dragon and two trails. All right. Um, oh, they're down here. Okay. Yeah. Got a few more. <laughs> have to scroll. Okay. So from Adam, what is it that you like most about the Yakuza series? And I'll throw a so far on there. Okay. For me, it's a more of a general vibe. So what I like the most about the Yakuza series is how it goes from this very dark, very serious and sincere main story to the wild absurdities of everything in the sub stories from your interactions with characters with Majima everything like I love how it can take me to multiple different ends of the spectrum there where I'm feeling so deep and dark and into the storyline in one moment and laughing my complete ass off at Majima in the next like just the way that it gives you kind of whiplash between those two it's just brilliantly designed, brilliantly put together. Yeah, that's literally exactly what I was thinking. And I wanted to expand on that and say that, like, I feel like the way that the show, it, like, the games make you want to laugh with the characters, builds you an attachment to them in such a way that, like, if it was just seriousness all the time, if it was 90s edgy spawn or whatever, you would get nothing out of it in the same way that you do in this game because, like, You've laughed, you've played with these characters, you've had fun, and now when bad things happen to them, you're invested. Yeah. Because like um, when Reyna died in this game, I was heartbroken, because I'd grown so attached to her, and she betrayed us. I was like, no. And then she died, I was like, no, you were best girl. <laughs> yeah, like, 45 minutes ago, she just broke my heart, and now I'm like, yeah, I can't be dead. Please. Um, I think my the thing I like most about the Yakuza series, and you guys kind of mentioned it, is like, their ability to build characters and really make you care about these fictional characters in a way that when they die, it invokes emotion in you. How many games have you played where characters have died and you're like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. But like like you said, it was like your heart got ripped out when Rena dies. It's like, no, damn it. 
hell, even forget a character dying. It's like, I feel bad about the little guy that races slot cars and had trouble getting <laughs> yeah. a girlfriend, you know? Yeah, it's just, their ability to uh, make their characters relatable is really what I think I enjoy most about it. Um, so, Adam, your next question is specifically for Turtle Bear Man, and it's, can you tell us about Sonic Frontiers? And here's what I want to tell you, Adam, is I want you to restart this episode. <laughs> and I want you to listen to the beginning again, and you will get your answer to that. Just listen to the whole episode again. It's fine. And then when yeah. you get back to this point, do it again. Just Hold on. And then donate to our Delete Patreon. It. And then- Redownload it. <laughs> listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it'll be a never-ending loop, and you'll never get to hear the last couple questions. <laughs> <laughs> which, the next one is actually also from you, Adam, which is, are there any Yakuza likes you would recommend? And I have one that jumps to mind, and that's it. So, if you guys have any. It's not really – it's the closest thing I can come up to one, honestly. And it's not super Yakuza-like, except for in the fact that it's a 3D beat-em-up. But I would recommend Batman Arkham Asylum because I feel like it comes the closest to that kind of vibe. But it's no Yakuza as far as story and all that goes. But if you did want to play a game that was a 3D beat-em-up open-world game that lets you have fun and laugh with the characters, but also rips your heart a little bit, I would highly recommend Spider-Man Remastered. <laughs> okay, okay. Not answers I expected from either of you. Nice spike in set, dude. <laughs> I'm going... I have two answers for this, now that I think about it. We just really love those games. They, they, they were fantastic. Too. Yeah. Um, my first one that jumps out to me is Sleeping Dogs. So Sleeping Dogs is basically oh, Yakuza, sure. but in China. You're in Hong Kong, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's basically been described as like, what if John Woo, but yeah. Yakuza. And then uh, the other one that jumps out of my mind is like a little less combat focused, a little more story focused, might not have aged as well, but a Shinmu. Mm. That is the precursor I mean, to ultimately, Yakuza. Ultimately, I feel like... Sure. Yeah, I really do consider Shenmue to be Yakuza minus <laughs> I two. really, really want to play the Shinmue game sometime. Yeah. going into them knowing that they probably have not aged well. Oh, yeah. going, going into them knowing that there's a quest at some point where this girl's like, yeah, we have to take this. It's two hours to walk there and we'll get there in no time. And then you walk the two hours. Yeah. Like there are things like that in that game, but the whole time you're walking, they're talking, they're building character and things like that. So again, it's like, I want to just experience that and why people love the Shinmu series so much. Yeah. So yeah, and like Yakuza wouldn't have got there without Shenmue. Grand Theft Auto Three probably wouldn't have shown up without Shenmue. Like it is definitely one of those games that built this genre before it yeah. was a genre. So I am really interested to see that. Just to I, I don't know, just to learn my yeah. yeah. It's one that you definitely. I feel like I haven't played it either, but it's one that if I go to play it, I have expectations. I know it's going to be rough. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but that's part of the charm of it. I feel like at the same time. So like if I'm, we do get around to playing that one at some point, it's one I'm going to put the time into, but I'm not going to convince myself that I have to win, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And luckily, right. at least now it's like, you can get them as Shinmu one and two remastered. They come in a collection together nice. and then there's Shinmu three, which I think, you can get cheap, but yeah, I don't know. We'll worry about I that when that day comes. I think 73 might have been free on Epic at some point. So I think I might have it. That's a possibility. Um, and this last one comes in from now. Is this Lissandra? Okay. I just want to yeah. make sure I got the name right. This last one comes in from Lissandra. Did any of you get the scene with Majima at the porn video store? No. No, I did not either. Damn it. I was really hoping you did because she made it sound like it was going did to you, be really So none good. of us have seen it? None of us have seen. I, I didn't spend much time at the porn store. Shockingly, right? Um, yeah, 
I went back there one time because I found like there was like, like a un, like a weapon store yeah. and stuff there, and I went there to uh, to buy cars. For <laughs> the only the only place that I remember that remotely looked like a porn store was this pinkish room that I went in with a bunch of pictures of girls, and I would talk to the guy, and he'd be like, "Oh, let me take you to a cabaret club," and like that. Oh was, no, yeah. That that's that's gonna be on uh, Taihei Boulevard. The one we're talking about is on Pink Street. It's uh, it's a little DVD. Oh, they know. I never even went in there. Yeah, I went in there, but I didn't get the Majima encounter there. Dang it! That sounds awesome. Me neither. I know. Now I want to see it. Hopefully, we'll report back next. I would have loved to have gone to a cabaret club, and you go in, and your hostess sits down, and it's Majima in a dress. Hey, good news, buddy. Oh, does that happen? That happens. Oh, yes. That's fucking amazing. That literally <laughs> happens, actually. Yes. <laughs> he calls himself Garomi. That is I, fucking tremendous. Please, if you've got a screenshot. I do. Let me see. Hold on. I took oh, so sure many screenshots does. while I played this game, bro. Like, everything just made me so happy while I was playing this. Let me find... Let me. It might take me a minute, so go on. Keep talking. And I'll put this in the chat in a minute. <laughs> uh... I think, but yeah, like those are the. Uh, I wish I would have seen the the porn thing, and I'm trying to. I'm still trying to think of some more Yakuza likes. Uh, maybe like Streets of L.A. But Adam already played True Crime Streets of L.A., so that's more Grand Theft Auto esque. I mean, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto is kind of like the American version of Yakuza esque, kind of. It's less <laughs> of a beat 'em up and more of a oh, sandbox, maybe. but. Yeah, maybe Saints Row. Dalton, check out of context. So, okay. I'll go. See, just clicking into there real quick. Oh my Yo. god! <laughs> yes. Oh, that makes me so fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love the most about the Yakuza games is you're like, you know, my ideal Yakuza game would include this, and we're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. dude. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking tremendous. Well, gentlemen, that leads us to. What are, we, what are we playing next? Ah, yes. So, we have been summoned by a patron. Oh, they got that Soapstone. Wait, is, is Soapstone what it's called in Dark Souls? I haven't played Dark Souls in a while. Uh, to, yeah. You know what? Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> but we were, we were summoned uh, by one of our patrons who pays $20 or more a month. And uh, they chose a game for us to play. And they are going to join us with it. Uh, if they would do so wish, and I do believe that they do, uh, we are going to be playing One Kingdoms of Amalur, a uh, a game that I think was severely overlooked in its time because it released around the same time as Skyrim, so it kind of got buried by that. But I mean, story by R.A. Salvatore, designed by Todd McFarlane, you can't go too wrong with it. And Nate, I believe you've dabbled in this and said that you you actually do enjoy it. Yeah, so far what I've played, I've liked a lot. So. Oh, oh, fishing too. I haven't found it if there is. I don't think that there's fishing. I apologize. I'm literally unplayable. Zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play a different game this week. I'm just gonna play Mario Maker two. No fishing in that either. On the podcast. There's no fishing in Mario Maker two. I'm just gonna what play Sonic heck? Frontiers. Oh well, there, there you go. There is fishing. Which in does it. does actually fish? <laughs> Nate found Nate already caught a marlin. <laughs> oh boy, I got me a marlin. <laughs> Oh man, so yeah, Kingdoms of Amalur. I look forward to it. I had a lot of fun playing it back in the day on PS3. I look forward to putting more time into it on PC. Um, and I, bl- I'm looking forward to getting into this. This seems like an overlooked gem, and definitely one I would not have even thought of if it weren't for the podcast shining and its light on it. I do have 
Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, and I also have Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, and Re-Reckoning was the re-release of it, so I'll probably end up playing Re-Reckoning because just the quality of life improvements and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I do also have memories of the original that I can talk about and compare. I'm definitely playing Re-Reckoning, so... And then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll sort that out. So then, let's uh, go do some house cleaning and get up out this bitch, shall we? If you would do us a super massive favor, oh wait, by the way, was it that I mentioned that it's Team Retro? It's Team Retro. Yeah, you did. Who, yes. uh, did okay, I just Team wanted to make sure. Sponsored. And uh, he is now yeah. under our umbrella. So shout Ella. out to him. Hey, hey, hey! Leave us a review hey, on hey. iTunes, 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 and Spotify. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> If you, <laughs> Willie's fucking just like stroking his beard, like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but yeah, if you would leave us an, uh, an iTunes review, a five star review, that would be sweet. Um, or if you want to leave us a thumbs up on Spotify, we would greatly appreciate it. I used to plug social medias here, but there's only one that really matters anymore, and that is bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. Come and join the Discord. It's always popping up in there. Everyone's super nice and welcoming, um, and it's wonderful. Come join the family. Ask your questions. Uh, you can ask questions for Yab's Pod too. All kinds of good stuff up in there. And there's also sections now for Team Retro's content and Adam's Revival and Extinction content. And uh, it's nice to see the community also interacting with them as well. It's nice. Uh, if you would like to join our Patreon and support the show, which we would greatly, greatly appreciate, it is Patreon. If you think that great umbrella joke was worth giving us money for, then. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast. And if you donate $10 or more, you can be like, get shout outs like these wonderful, wonderful fuckers. Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable, Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy Lube, Mr. Grumpy himself, Aries Sir Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, James, the Steam Machine Hall, Monitor Hall, and Team Retrogue. Go check him out on YouTube. Thank you all very, very much. Um, if you want a shirt, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. Uh, you can get a shirt, you can get shoes, you can get a bag, you can get underwear with our logo on it, whatever you would like to get. Um, shout out the Abs Pod, yet another BS podcast, a weekly podcast that me and Jeremy put out where we just shoot the shit for a few hours. Uh, shout out to JRPG Report, my family-friendly JRPG news show that I do each and every week, as long as there's news. Sometimes it's bi-weekly. Uh, and if you like the music from the show, you can go check out my music at nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. You guys, got, you boys got anything you want to plug? If you want pants, go to Target. If you want coffee, go to Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, we should not be plugging people. If you want pants, do not sponsor us. Yeah, you know what? We're we're giving this. We're giving away the milk. For and free. if you want Great. funny game talk, then tune in in two weeks to the next episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. And until then, they are the Destructo Pros. My name is Dalton, and as always, guys, I sing for you.